0: It's the best bits of the week with Morgan number two.
1: What is up, y'all? Happy weekend. I'm Morgan, and this is the best bits of the week. If you haven't listened to this podcast before, then you're severely missing out. So many good conversations happen on this podcast, so I encourage you to go back and listen to basically all of them from the last year I've been doing it. But what I do is I break down the Bobby Bone Show from this week. I bring you the best seven segments. Doesn't mean there aren't any other good ones that happened on the show this week. This is just the seven that y'all engaged with the most, whether you called in about it, tweeted us, you know, facebook, trolled us, I don't know, but these are the the topics that y'all love. So I break them down. And my personal favorite part is I bring somebody on the show with me. This week, we've got Mike D.
2: I am here hanging out.
1: <laughs> I am here and it, it always is feels happening.
2: like I'm coming into like a therapy session here. I sit down on the couch and then talking with you it's like all right time to go into the session you know
1: and it has kind of become this this therapy podcast in a way we all get out a lot of things that we didn't think we needed to get out so i feel like maybe this needs to be renamed therapy with morgan (laughs) bobby
2: bobby bone show session therapy
1: yes yes but we got lots to talk about including you know movies because we got movie mike yes that's a whole thing that's a persona of you that is me And we got um, some updates that we need to hear from you. We got to talk about some behind the scenes at work. Just so much. There's a lot here. So let's get going. Maddie of Maddie and Tay stopped by the show. Obviously, Taylor has been recovering after her pregnancy and the birth of her child and all that craziness. So Maddie came on and gave us an update and talked about their new project they just brought out. But besides Maddie and this wonderful interview, Mike, we got to talk about some behind the scenes of the show. Okay? Okay. You have a lot to do with these interviews that people don't see. And, yeah. and I think our listeners love to hear the behind the scenes of how it all comes together. So I think this is the perfect opportunity for us to share what we really do day to day that doesn't get seen.
2: Yeah. And I think as my job as head writer, some people wonder like, well, what do you write? Like (laughs) it all just happens, right?
1: (laughs) That's what you think. But but give them a little breakdown, you know, across the board and, and especially with these artist interviews.
2: So a lot of the writing comes with these interviews. It's researching and then writing questions. That's kind of my job. And I'll kind of do a deep dive on any artists we're going to have in, see anything on their socials, go back and look at other things they've talked about in the past, any other interviews that we've done before, make sure we don't, aren't repeating the same thing. But really where I kind of break everything down is writing the questions that Bobby uses throughout the interview. He doesn't use every single question, but for like in this Maddie and Tay interview that you hear, I went in, looked at like her high school Facebook page.
3: <laughs> oh, you went deep I wanted Diamond. to know,
2: I was like, I'm pretty sure when Girl in the Country song came out, it was like 2013, 2014. I think she graduated high school around then. Looked up her high school page and then saw like a, a post from like our high school class congratulating her when the song went number one. <laughs> so I was like, oh, her 10 year reunion is coming up. Maybe we could ask her about that. And that kind of leads to a discussion that was one of my favorite parts of the interview.
1: Yeah. Her talking about that was funny because she was like, I'm not going back to my reunion, which is totally related with, <laughs> by the way. So when you do these, though, do you ever feel like kind of creepy? Like you're like, man, I'm really deep dived into their life. Yeah,
2: I go pretty hard. It feels <laughs> like you're investigating somebody trying to find things you know, out about them. But I think one, I think the artists will appreciate that we do th- those kind of research and like find out things about them. And even sometimes we bring it up. They're like, why would you even look? Why do you even know that? Why? How did you find that? Sometimes I get personal enjoyment out of those moments. And You're then, like,
1: yes, I was creepy, and yes, I'm I proud guess. Of it. But
2: yes, you go through old posts and find old things, and just sometimes it's fun to bring up.
1: Yeah, for sure. Well, and there, there had I know I shouldn't say there has to be. I know there's stress that comes related to that, though, because sometimes our interviews will happen super last minute. Yeah. So when that research happens, what does that look like for you? Say we get say we get an email. It's eight o'clock at night. You're like, hey, happens. we got somebody coming in tomorrow.
2: My mind kind of automatically starts to gear towards questions we could ask that we haven't done before. I think the easiest thing is probably to go to their social media, go to see what they've posted on Instagram, on TikTok, on Twitter, and then just start pulling stuff out of there. I think that's the easiest thing to talk about, especially with some of these artists we've had in so much that we we know them. Bobby has relationships with them outside of the show. You have to find a way for them to talk about something that's a little more than just getting to know them. We know when they're first coming around the studio. It's like, all right, what can we talk about now that's interesting?
1: Do you feel like doing that research for the show? Because you've done some some interviews on your podcast mm-hmm. for with actors, directors, producers, different across the board. Do you feel like that research that you've done for the show with artist interviews has helped you for your podcast?
2: Hundred percent. That's I mean the research and also seeing Bobby do all these interviews. Is how I've learned how to like structure an (laughs) interview. Like, it's one thing to write the questions like I do, and he doesn't ask every single question. He doesn't go down the list, he'll just kind of use them to, you know, pick from. But it's one thing to write the question. It's also another thing to ask the question. So when I write them, I have to write them in Bobby's voice, how he would ask it, things he would be interested to talk about. So that's a whole other thing. Uh, I think when I do interviews on my own, It's kind of trying to find my own voice of like, well, how, what would I ask? What would I want to know? And what's the most interesting thing to talk about?
1: Do you ever feel like sometimes, you know, we've seen, I mean, they'll go viral. The clips of these interviews will go viral because somebody asked a question that's maybe offensive and maybe we didn't know it was offensive, right? (laughs) Do you ever have that like fear that maybe this is what's going to happen? Uh, I or can, do you feel like you've gotten better enough to uh, uh, yeah, that? Yeah, maybe that before
2: happen. I would know those questions and I would sometimes still put them on there. I know what questions are like, okay, that's not a good question to ask. <laughs> sometimes the part of me that would love a viral moment like that would want to put that question in, but it's also sometimes it's just not worth it.
1: Yeah. You definitely have to weigh the pros and cons of the situation.
2: Yeah, definitely.
1: Like I know, you know, I know we have an interview coming up and people will, will hear it and I, I won't say who it is or anything yet, but they... They really opened up. And you and I both made the comment afterwards, after that interview, we're like, dang, he talked about that.
2: And we were surprised. That's the kind of thing you love to hear about, Mm -hmm. somebody being so real and open and honest. And when an artist is giving an interview like that, I think it's better for them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like it's showing the real human side of yourself. And it's just amazing to talk about that stuff sometimes. To be real.
1: Everybody wants to see vulnerable, real, genuine things. We've, We've gone past the days of very like videos that just feel too, too forced or too mm-hmm. much created. People just want you to be exactly who you are and all the faults.
2: Yeah. And it's one thing to ask those kinds of things. And, you know, there's a line where you can be intrusive, but there's also a thing where you can just ask them straight up. And I think that's what Bobby does so well and why his interviews kind of resonate with people because he can and ask those types of questions without it being like the most intrusive thing yeah. ever. <laughs>
1: No, for sure. Now you you don't just do research and, and help with questions for artist interviews. What are some other things that you do behind the scenes that people don't see?
2: Uh, well, the things you do here are probably the games. I guess you don't hear my thought process on coming up with some of those. <laughs> I feel like we all have weird processes that we come up with our, the prep we send in for yes. the show a lot of that stuff sometimes comes to me randomly in dreams and I have to remember <laughs> it. And it's so dumb because we talk to artists who are like, well, this song came to me in a dream. Sometimes dumb bits come to me in a dream and I'll wake up and write them in my phone. But a lot of the time it's when I go for runs, like I'll think of things out, like when I'm running, like, Oh, that'd be a good idea. And I come back and I, you know, I flesh it out. Um, Cause a lot of the hardest part of doing this job is finding time to be creative. Cause we go so hard while we're doing the show and it's just, bam, like the easiest part of this job is actually doing the radio show. Yeah. It's all the prep that goes into getting it on the air yes. and doing the show. I always have to have this reset moment after the show of like getting in a run, going for a workout. And a lot of that time, it's kind of just resetting my brain to be creative again. I get that out of the way. I go home. And then that's where I'm able to be like, all right, I'll take all of that energy and kind of focus it on this now.
1: When it's really hard for, from doing it for so long for, you know, Bobby, Amy, lunchbox particularly, but for, for all of us, we've been in this for about five years now. Mm -hmm. The majority of us have. And I know like when I, you know, I'm sending in personal prep, everybody has to, we have like news stories we prep, we have personal prep that we send in and I'll be looking at my personal prep and I'm just like, man, I have such a boring life
3: Mm -hmm.
1: every time I see it. (laughs) Even something really exciting could happen to me. I'm like, I still have a boring life because I don't. It doesn't feel as dramatic as I, I felt it was in the moment, right? Like recalling those situations. I feel like that's become a struggle too. Like over time, when I was like super young, I had so many cool things and dramatic things happening to me all the time. But as I've gotten older, my whole life is just like tamed down. Yeah. And it's really hard <laughs> to send personal prep in when that happens to you.
2: It's hard. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that that is a struggle. But you guys, you know, you're also helping Bobby along those lines of sending him everything too. That's another part of, something you do, right?
2: Yeah, it's taking everybody's prep that we've been talking about. Everybody sends it to me. I compile it, put it all together and send it to Bobby. And then we kind of go back and forth of building the next day's show. So a lot of my job is also organizing everything in the morning. <laughs> like I get here, Ray's here before me. I'm here right after Ray. I take all the prep that was sent in it overnight, get all that together. And then in the morning, start scanning any new stories that happened in between then I kind of fill out the rest of the show and then I spend like maybe 30 minutes just printing stuff because there's <laughs> so much. We literally print like a book a day of just
1: Yeah, we're, we're not exactly uh, recycle friendly yeah. in that situation or environmentally friendly in, yeah. th- in our paper situation.
2: And then it's organizing all that stuff to where I can either know where everything is, ha- make sure everybody has everything in front of them that they need so we can do the show.
1: Yeah, and it and I I think something that behind the scenes too that people don't realize is like when it comes to like tell me something good or like news stories we have articles on those in front of us if we're mm-hmm. talking about them, but when it comes to the personal stories we don't and most of the time we don't know what's happening.
2: Yeah, we like to keep. Yeah, it's not like we script out the entire yeah, show. No, like there, like, there, are, there you, are
1: moments. Now but you not say all. this.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: No, there there are moments, but definitely not like it, There'll be times when Bobby comes to me, I'm like, I have, I do not. And it's not even that I'm not p- paying attention to the show. Cause I am, I'm just like, crap, what did I send in? Yeah. And I'm like, okay. Cause I I've sent it in so many times. I'm trying to make sure I do the right one.
2: And he likes to keep it that way. So when you do talk about it on air, it sounds the most authentic. And it's yes. the most like, all right, everybody learning about this for the first time. He's been that way ever since he started the show. Like it was a big deal Whenever he let me in to know what was going to happen (laughs) on the show and help him build that because he'd never done that before. It was all he picked everything, he'd schedule everything out, and everybody would learn as they did the show. But that's why the show sounded so real then and why it sounds like it does now. Yeah. Because we still keep that same vibe
1: yeah exactly like it, it's definitely this really cool like environment but it's also edgy or seat, and you may not know something's happening until it's happening and you're like well that that went down
2: the funniest thing <laughs> is when somebody sends in something that they don't think is going to get used yes, and then it gets used and you're like oh crap well I just kind of sent that in because I had nothing else.
1: that happens often <laughs> and those are honestly some of our really good bits though that that come out of that you just don't think something's interesting but it could be interesting to so many other people yeah but there's also like things that i I remember it's funny too because things will get sent in and maybe it's just not a good segment for the radio but it was it was a funny conversation because we'll talk about stuff after we won't talk to each other before the show Mm -hmm. because we don't want to give anything away like none of the show members sitting in the studio bobby will be like recording commercials before the show gets started and nobody really talks to each other Mm -hmm. because we're, we're like what what does everybody know and we don't want to spoil anything, yeah. you know, especially on the bits where somebody sent something in about lunchbox or, yeah. or Eddie or whatever. But there was one that I, I had sent in because I saw in Mike, it was so morbid and I know that's why I didn't make the show, but I saw a dead body at Kroger and it was very traumatizing yeah. for my life. <laughs> um, but I told Eddie about it and Eddie was sitting there like shocked that this whole situation happened when I was at Kroger. But it was funny because it, it, it's just something that you think could be interesting that would absolutely make it just won't. Yeah. But then the the one thing you send in, you're like, that was funny. I was being funny. <laughs> and then you're like, okay, there it okay. is. Okay, Yeah. It's a, it's a very weird experience. Okay. So we got prep. We got the art. I mean, there's so much more. What other, what like list of things do you have to do for your job?
2: We also have a lot of other shows that we have. <laughs> yeah. We have a weekend countdown. We have women of I heart country, which I write. And then we have a night show that we also have, you know, different cities where they hear us at night. And that's, taking stuff from the morning show and making it, you know, into Mm -hmm. its own show. And then also I run the Nashville Podcast Network. So it's managing a bunch of other podcasts, (laughs) making sure everybody records their commercials, getting episodes edited. It's yeah, that's basically my entire life.
1: Pure chaos, right? It's a lot of
2: chaos and finding the times where you can do everything to the best that you can
1: <laughs> <laughs> and i do I, I you know i think it's it's funny because you and i have similar lifestyles in that we can go home and work we don't have kids at home mm-hmm. right so like we leave and people are like oh they're not they're not working anymore you're like no
3: yeah <laughs> i just go
1: home because otherwise i'm going to be here until 10 o'clock at night at least i can do this from my couch or eat some food and take a break every once in a while
2: yeah i go home and just Start working again (laughs) and have my designated breaks throughout the day. Yep. And then, I mean, I probably, I try to be done now by like five with like normal, regular stuff. I'm like, okay, if I can be done with everything by five and then anything else that comes through, I mean, I'm still working to like seven (laughs) or so, but that's kind of my goal of the year. Mm -hmm. It's not... Easy to do, but it's no. something I'm trying to do. Oh,
1: and I and too, like you come in a little bit earlier than me for sure for it to get everything ready for the show. But I do think you and I have very similar schedules. Cause I always see you at the gym. Mm-hmm. We work out at the same places. So we'll we'll be here at work for the show and then we'll get some stuff done and then we'll leave. Mike and I will most likely see each other at the gym about the same time. We do the the same brain reset thing. Yeah. Unless Mike goes on his long runs outside, you ain't catching <laughs> me out
3: there.
1: Um and then I also go back home and I'm working until until typically about seven. I try to turn it off, but that doesn't necessarily happen.
2: You give yourself at least like an hour of the day. I remember one time I had a meeting with one of our bosses of like, you're not having any time for you. <laughs> and ever since he said that, I was like, you know what? Like I don't, I never even, like if I even take an hour where I'm not working, I feel like I'm, you know, slacking mm-hmm. off. So ever since he said that. And since, of course, being married now, I have to set that time of like, OK, I got to be a normal human for at least an hour during the week.
1: Yes. No. And I make sure like besides even the, the working out is a big part. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that just helps me in general with everything. But I definitely feel like um, one thing I do while I'm working at home is I'll watch. That's why everybody wonders how I binge watch things so much. I watch things in the background because it makes it not feel so intensified of work, right? Mm-hmm. I'm spending so many hours doing it, but if I'm watching something, it makes it a little bit less intense, I guess, in, in in my brain in some way. So I'll watch things in the background, so that kind of like helps alleviate some of that. But then if I need like a break, because writing blogs, if you guys ever see a blog and you're like, "What was she doing?" It's because my brain was fried. Yeah, I had no idea. Like I was just trying to get everything done, and I was like, you know what? I need to get this done, and I don't know if that even makes sense, but that's what's happening right now. Um, And so I will take, like, I'll shut my computer off, but I like to get it all done so then I can have the evening to not do anything. That's my goal, but most of the time that doesn't happen. Yes, like to just sit there and not actually be on my computer, but watch something or take my dog on a walk or hang out with my boyfriend and actually, like, live a life, but... Like we're saying, it's hard because
2: we we were Mm -hmm. talking about having, you know, personal prep and then it's like, well, you have to go
1: experience life. Yeah, When
2: all your life is based around work, it's like, well, what are you going to
1: do? Yeah. I was like, people will ask me like, how are you? How are things going? I'm like, well, I work, I work out and then I work some more. So it's very, um, it's great. I don't, I don't have anything exciting to tell you, but that's (laughs) my routine every day.
2: What about when it comes to the weekend? How do you, do you fully disconnect from work for at least like a day?
1: no. Because no. I, I can't with social media, monitoring mm-hmm. it, because I'm always making sure that I'm retweeting the show, but there'll be so- sometimes on the weekends, at least, that I go off for a few hours. Like, if I'm not on it to re- to retweet things or comment back to things, I'm like, it'll be fine. I tend to go dark on my personal social media on the weekends. I try to, uh, just so that way I'm only monitoring one instead of all of it, mm-hmm. but no, I would like to say that on the weekends I do, but it, it really isn't. It's It's always it's always on my phone. I'm always going back and forth between all the accounts and just making sure everything's up to date, especially if breaking news happens, whether it's a storm or a celebrity passes away. Like I I can't just ignore it. So yes. And no depends on the weekend. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I try to, but yeah, I mean that, that too, like that uh, breaking down my job, like I oversee all of our social media. So anytime somebody responds to you on there, even when it's sassy, That's me. Um, And I'm writing blogs and I'm putting the closed captioning on videos, which everybody requests all the time. And those absolutely suck to do. Take forever. Yes. um, But I do them because I know it's worth it. It, You know, those are just a few of those things. and, And the writing blogs and making sure our, our social media is constantly engaged with everybody, which also is a, a fryer on the brain capacity situation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so especially this past week after, you know, everybody had so many comments to say about Lunchbox. So th- those are not the fun ones.
2: Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> I
1: literally will look at him after a segment. I'll be like, Lunchbox, I hate you because this sucks for me right now. Like he, it may be all directed at you, but I'm dealing with it. He, he just laughs at me. So yeah, those are like a little peek into our job lives yeah. like outside of the show. I know you might be able to envision it. It's just audio, but everybody always asks for video. I'm like, guys, I'm I'm too busy working to give you video <laughs> on what I'm doing. But yeah, that's one of them. Now, last week on the on the podcast I had on Hillary and we were talking about because, you know, Eddie saw Eric Church, Amy saw Patricia Heaton, mm-hmm. I think is her name. Um, you know, I want to hear because I think you have some some fun stories. We'll we'll briefly touch on this before I I'm going to share People have been asking for some food worlds. Like, I'm telling you, people want to hear some food (laughs) news, so I'll make sure to share a few. But I want to hear some stories from you, on maybe celebrities you've seen in Nashville. I feel like you have some good ones.
2: I have seen Keith Urban and Nicole Kidman on separate occasions at the mall. Okay. One time I saw this guy, he was wearing a graffiti you, like, jacket. I was like, that's interesting. Maybe he went to a Keith Urban show. No, it was Keith Urban. (laughs) And he was there with his kids, and we just happened to be going to the same store. So I like walked behind him for a bit. I was like, he was just there normally, like just hanging out, him and his kids, nobody bothering him. That was probably like the one of the biggest celebrities <laughs> I've ever seen, like just on their own,
1: just chilling, shopping at the mall.
2: Yeah, yeah. And then,
1: I have a feeling I know which mall too. Yeah, yeah.
2: And then that same mall, that same store, a different day was Nicole Kidman just walking out, <laughs> and it was just weird because you see them. And you're like, that couldn't have been them because Mm -hmm. there was no one around them. They were there just like any other person. But I feel like that happens a lot here. Probably that same mall.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. That mall. I'm telling (laughs) you, but I I ain't going to give it away. Okay. Yeah. Those are good ones. I have, I've seen them both together with their kids out in public before they do. I would say they're the most, them and Mayor Morris are the two frequent that I see often. Interesting. Which is crazy. Have you seen Mayor Morris out before?
2: I don't think so. I like a airport but we were at an event it was just like an after thing oh
1: so kind of makes sense yeah it makes sense okay
2: and then i've also seen i went to see a movie one time and then i was leaving the theater and steve-o from jackass (gasps) had gone to see a movie you
3: love him yeah
2: and he was he was in town because he was doing some comedy shows and it was like in the afternoon so i guess he was looking for you know something to kill time he was leaving the theater, no one else around him. I went up to him and asked him to take a picture because I'm such a big fan. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. Did you get the picture? Yeah. Yeah. And that was just like leaving a movie. I'm like, I can't believe steve Stevo. <laughs> that was probably the most exciting random one. And Yes, then, and we
1: will we will touch on later because I know you saw that new movie too. So we'll we'll get yeah. to that later. I, that's why I'm not asking right now, or I totally would. But. I love that story.
2: And then probably the one, the most recent one that I geeked out about, I saw Johnny Galecki, who is from Big Bang Theory. Yes. And we were dr- driving. It was me and my wife on like this pretty popular street where people go shop and like eat here in Nashville. And then I saw him, and something inside of me like immediately like turned into a kid or something. <laughs> And I was already rolling down the window to yell at him. And my wife was like, what are you about? Like, you can't yell at him. I was like, no, that's Johnny Galecki. like,
1: like yes, I can.
2: I was like, I want to yell at him and be like, yo, big fan. But I I did. I just saw him walk past my car. but it, Like, it was so weird and so random. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I don't know. I have this sense of, like, being able to spot celebrities in airports. I don't know. And it's always really obscure celebrities. I could list a whole bunch of other celebrities that I've seen that maybe a whole lot of people wouldn't know. But I feel like that's a special skill of mine.
1: Yeah, like you can just spot them in the wild. Yeah, So basically, if people want to find a celebrity, they need to hang out with you. Even if they're
2: wearing masks, like that doesn't deter me. I can recognize eyes, voices, like I just...
1: Maybe it's because you've retained so much information in your brain about so many different things from doing the show that like you just automatically can figure them out. It's It's like you know them so well.
2: There's a weird thing with me of like, since I do so much research for the show... Look up so many things put together games that I have all this random knowledge mm-hmm. to where like you and I born around the same time, but like I am so familiar with everything from Bobby and Eddie's generation that I am with our generation and also the generation now just by constantly researching yes, stuff you have to looking up trivia yeah. for stuff writing questions making up games like I just I guess I've built up all this knowledge of knowing actors Mm. and famous people from different decades, music from different decades. I don't know. Maybe this job has helped me with my random knowledge. I
1: mean, I think that's a pretty cool skill to have, though, (laughs) especially living in Nashville, because I do think it's very often that we probably run into celebrities more than we know. Yeah. And we just don't recognize them in that moment. Yeah. Because I would have never recognized Patricia Heaton ever.
2: Oh really? Like if
1: I if, I would think she's a normal person. But then I look her up online and I'm like, "Oh, that's who I was, but I would never have put 2 and 2 together." Yeah. But I think so much for you is all that all that information in your brain. You're like, "I just know who all these people are."
2: It was a, like it's more turned on whenever we would be working from LA. Like mm-hmm. there I'd see people all the time and very obscure people. Um, you ever remember that YouTube video, that chocolate rain video?
1: Chocolate rain. It was
2: like this a kid singing into a microphone. It was like one of the first viral YouTube videos. No,
1: I don't think so. And I was so. I
2: went for a run in LA and I ran by I always run by like there's these uh like movie studios that they film like LN. It's like yeah. the WB lot. And I remember seeing him there waiting for a duper. I was like, oh, it's a chocolate rain guy.
1: Yeah, the fact that you could put that two and two (laughs) together, that's incredible. I just
2: constantly, if I see somebody and they look famous, I just scan my brain and be like, oh yeah, that's It's almost
1: like you you are aware that they're famous. Like for some reason, something like goes off in your brain, like they're famous. You can tell sometimes.
2: I feel like you can tell sometimes by the way, what they're doing, how they're doing it and the way they look. You're like, that person looks a little different. They could be famous.
1: There is, you know, like name brands if they're super expensive. That's kind of a big giveaway. Like, that's a lot of money. And then you look at the face (laughs) and you're like, hmm, something about you feels familiar.
2: I do have one embarrassing one, though. Whenever my wife and I went on our honeymoon, we were at like a a pool just hanging out. And I went to the bathroom and I swore I saw Matthew Perry from Friends. (gasps) And I was like. It's Matthew Perry. I went back and told her. I was like, Matthew Perry's over there. He's kind of hiding out, but I think we should go try to see if it's actually him and see if he'll take a picture with us. Went back. It was not Matthew Perry. (laughs) She's (laughs) like, that looks nothing like Matthew Perry. I don't know why. Sometimes my sense is off.
1: Well, to be fair, if they if their appearance has changed a lot too, like and Matthew Perry's kind of has, his has adjusted over time.
2: I was like, he could. I haven't seen him in a while. That could be him.
1: Yeah, I mean, still, it's still a special skill because you do have a lot of celebrity spotting stories. Yeah. So I do feel like it is your your special talent.
2: It is my hidden talent. You should
1: you should one weekend just like if you get super bored, you have nothing else to do. Probably not likely, but one weekend just go out in Nashville as many different places you can restaurants malls whatever and see how many you spot in one weekend like intentionally looking well that's a good idea i feel like that could be a fun game for you like where's waldo (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's like real life (laughs) oh man okay well i want to run these by you these are some some fun food world stories okay and i'm excited about i and i do try a lot of these i used to do some food world videos i haven't i need to get back on doing that because trust me people are dropping crazy things so much now. Mm-hmm. I think it's become the thing to just drop something for a brand to drop something because they know somebody's going to pick it up and it's going to go viral, right? Yeah. I, I think that's be what we're seeing happen. So, one of them, there's seven, Sev, Sev, seven new Debbie inspired ice cream flavors coming. Mm-hmm. And I got tagged in this by the B team because they're like, Morgan, you have to try all these. So they're at Walmart, and there's seven flavors. Tell me if you'd try, which one of these you'd you'd try.
2: I actually am on like a family group text that we all picked our favorite flavors on this. Oh my gosh, yes. Yes. Okay, so
1: I want to know what you're going to choose. So there's oatmeal, cream pies, cosmic brownies, zebra cakes, honey buns, strawberry shortcake rolls, Swiss rolls, and nutty bars are the seven flavors that's coming in. And they're at Walmart now. So like, if you're hearing this, go get it. I am definitely favored towards cosmic brownies. Really? I love, I I grew up eating Cosmic Brownies. Mm -hmm. They were always the bomb. I feel like that'd be a great ice cream flavor. I don't know.
2: Those are my favorite, I think, Little Debbie snack growing up. But when I, when it comes to ice cream, I thought it would be too much chocolate.
1: That's possible. And I don't know if they put like those little, you know, little, uh, they're not sprinkles. They're like little teeny (laughs) tiny, like coated things that are still good. Yeah. I wonder if they put those in there. If they did, then I'd be like, okay, this is amazing.
2: I'm sure they have to, yeah.
1: Right? I mean, that's part of the Cosmic Brownie. Okay, which one would you choose?
2: My number one is the oatmeal pie.
1: Interesting. Do you like oatmeal cookies?
2: I love oatmeal cookies. I love the oatmeal pies. I would take them and put them in the freezer to get them cold. So I feel like that translates perfectly into an ice cream. Yeah,
1: especially you did. Did they get like so frozen that it was hard to bite into them?
2: I don't know. No, I just like sweet, cold things. Okay. So even like the brownies, I would put in the fridge for a little bit to get cold. Something about that just—that's like is my the favorite. polar
1: opposite. Like you're supposed to put it in the microwave, like heat no, it up, I'll, add some cold ice cream. I like it
2: cold. I think my favorite thing was like going on field trips, and you would have your cold coke can, and it would make your sandwich cold, like a cold peanut butter and jelly mm. sandwich. Okay, fair. There's something about having something cold and sweet that I prefer over anything warm. Cookies, anything.
1: So you like cold, you like cookies cold? Yeah.
2: Fresh bake, nah, cold. This
1: maybe a a, a <laughs> little uh, a psycho serial killer <laughs> trait of yours. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I feel like that could be a thing for a lot of people. I bet it's. I bet it's like fifty fifty. People like it cold or like it like super warm. So interesting about the cookies, though, mm-hmm. and that you used to do that. So definitely would be would be the choice. What was your family like? Really looking forward to.
2: Uh, I think everybody else was on the Swiss roll one.
1: Okay, Swiss and then the honey bun. Yeah, and, like, I'm looking at all these. The only ones that I really wouldn't be interested in would be the zebra cakes and the strawberry shortcake rolls. All the rest of them I feel like I would try. I feel like they could translate pretty well into ice cream. You know, oatmeal cream pies, cosmic brownies, honey buns, Swiss rolls, and nutty bars. Yeah. But they could. (laughs) Here's the thing. When, When we put other, like, flavors into different types of food, it's almost like the flavor gets lost in it. So I'm interested to see if the ice cream actually ends up tasting like these things.
2: And you know just, what I mean? Yeah, and not just have like the ra- yeah, not yeah. just like
1: actually have like the name associated to it. So I'm I'm gonna have to go try them out. You're gonna have to try the oatmeal cream pie and tell me.
2: I would try. I mean, I'm vegan, but
1: <laughs> you, you know, I feel like you're you're getting a little loosey on some areas. You could try it.
2: But yeah, these I looked at them. I was like, you know what? I just kind of have to. I want to try them. Yeah,
1: they do have oatmeal cream pie uh cereal too.
2: Oh yeah, I've mm-hmm. seen that at. I think Sam's or Costco, one of those.
1: Yeah, like they're taking our, our favorite little Debbie snacks. Like I, I remember uh, high school in my little lunch pail, I'd always take to school because, again, being vegetarian was not easy to eat at school lunch. So most of the time, I'd, I'd bring a lunch to school and I always had a little Debbie snack in there. I was a Swiss roll. Honey bun and oatmeal cream pie or Cosmic brownies were typically of the four choices. And
2: they were the best because they were cheap. Mm -hmm. So cheap. We would walk to the gas station with 25 cents and come back with, you Mm -hmm. know, a little Debbie snack.
1: Something I always thought was a Debbie snack, but it wasn't, was the powdered donuts. Oh, yeah. But it's just like its own little brand thing.
2: A little gas station treat. (laughs)
1: Yeah. I I still love those. Those are so good. Um, Another food world story. Betty Crocker has a new line that's dedicated to cinnamon toast crunch. Mm. Everybody loves that cereal. So they got like a coffee cake mix, a uh, a cinnamon toast crunch made with Cinnadust cake mix, another like Cinnadust pancake kit, and the Cinnadust is like their flavoring that you can add to anything, which I haven't explored, but people have tried putting Cinnadust on ice cream, like vanilla ice cream.
2: Oh yeah, I've seen. I've
1: heard that's pretty solid. It's pretty, like like sprinkles, but Cinnadust instead. Yeah. So that's something. If you're like a huge, you know, cinnamon toast crunch is your go-to for everything. Now you can literally put it. And everything, <laughs> um, and that's going to be at like local grocery stores and stuff. And then this last one, which I'm pretty stoked about, because Taco Bell has a Baja Blast, which I get almost every time I go.
3: Mm-hmm. Baja
1: Blast make me very happy. I don't know why it tastes different than other things, but it does. <laughs> um, and so Mountain Dew is dropping a Baja Blast hard seltzer that I think I could totally get on board with.
2: Oh, that sounds good.
1: Right? It's only like 100 calories. It's 5% ABV, which is just like all the other seltzers out there, but it's Baja Blast. <laughs> and I like I, I don't like a lot of seltzers. There are very few. There's High Noons uh, Black Cherry, that specific flavor. Black Cherry in um, White Claws. That's really about it for, for White Claw seltzers or, or seltzers in general that I like. High Noons are like my go-to, and they're not even a full-blown seltzer because they have vodka in them. Interesting. Yeah. So, but I think I would start binge drinking this one. I think that would be bad for me. Have
2: you been to the Taco Bell uh, Cantina here? Oh, yes. And tried the...
1: Mike, I went opening weekend. (laughs)
2: Oh, really? Yes. Oh, yeah. I remember you Uh did a video on that.
1: It was was like one of... It was funny because when my boyfriend and I first like really officially started dating, he was like, I'm going to take you on a date night. And he was like, surprise, we're going to the cantina because I'd been talking about it all week. And I was like, yes, this is the best date ever. And like, I'm so easy to please. It's not even funny. Um, so yeah, we went that opening weekend, but it's, I will say the Nashville one, it's cool. It's a cool, like if you're on Broadway having a good time and you want to go get some Taco Bell and not have to worry about an Uber or anything, it's great. Mm -hmm. But I will say the Taco Bell cantina in Vegas is Mm -hmm. much cooler. They have like all the boozy shakes, like the Taco Bell in Nashville is like, it's like they kind of threw it together because they have this like little chain of, uh, like alcohol that you can add to a drink that they pour from the water fountain. I'm like, are you guys even allowed to, like, mix drinks here? Like, do you even have bartending <laughs> skills? But then, like, the Taco Bell Cantina in Vegas literally has them all lined up on a wall that they just, like, pour from. Like, uh-huh. these slushies. So much cooler. I think we got a little shaft in the right on that end of the deal with that cantina. But I do still love it. They have live music. So, if you're if you're in Nashville and you want to visit something that's super fun, and talk about Cantina on 2nd Avenue. Yeah. <laughs> there is a little um a little cookie place too there that's really cute. I tend to go to the Taco Bell Cantina and then um the cookie store like basically right next to it called Matheson's. So good. Cookie the size of your face. Dang. So you get Taco Bell and then you go get a cookie. Big cookie. Or ice cream, they have ice cream too that's really good. But yeah. So those are some, some fun little food worlds. Have you tried the, I know you're a big Topo Chico fan. Have mm-hmm. you tried their hard I seltzers? Did.
2: I found them in Texas, but now they sell them here in Nashville. I saw
1: them. I saw them show up for the first time.
2: I think I'm just the overall a big Topo Chico fan that I like them more than, they're probably not that great, <laughs> but because I love Topo Chico so much, I do enjoy them. You
1: like them. Yeah. So you would recommend buying them?
2: No, probably not. Like, okay. I think I've had White Claw that probably tastes better. Mm. Um. If you just love Topo Chico, I think you'll like them, but I don't think they're anything mind-blowing.
1: Okay, so you would not suggest No, but I'm
2: also not that into hard seltzers.
1: Fair. I I just don't, I don't see the appeal of hard seltzers. Now, high noons I do. You know why? I can drink a four-pack of those and I can feel pretty dang good after a (laughs) while. (laughs) Again, they have vodka in them. So I do think it's different. Does seltzer seltzer is like its own alcoholic beverage? I don't really know. I don't understand the, the alcohol behind seltzers. Do you?
2: Not entirely. Yeah,
1: like it, it's not a vodka, but it's like a, a spiked water. In Basically. A way. Yeah. So the high noons have vodka in them. Try those. <laughs> I would recommend those okay. all day long. Oh man. Okay. Well, that was that was all your food world stories. Now you guys can go try all these crazy things. Mike is going to be eating oatmeal cream pies mm-hmm. on his uh, uh, taking away from his normal vegan yeah <laughs> menu that he has to has to normally eat. So. Uh, but right now you guys can hear the interview with Maddie of Maddie and Tay. I know we just talked about so many crazy things, but this interview with Maddie is super fun because she's a great interview always, especially even when she talked about something kind of tragic, her chickens, you know, mm-hmm. that was sad. I almost cried Very during sad. That interview <laughs> and then she made it happy again. So here it is.
0: Number seven. We're about to
4: have Maddie from Maddie and Tay on. Maddie and Tay have had two number ones, uh, die from a broken heart. <laughs> And, girl in, a song. Me and a girl in a country song. And we're gonna have Maddie on without Tay because Tay just had a baby, so Maddie's gonna come on and promote the record. But Tay just had a kid, if we talked about it on the show, saw it on social media, and Maddie is on now. Here we go.
0: go. On the Bobby Bones show now.
4: Maddie and Tay. Maddie, how are you? I am good. How are you? Doing pretty good. Usually it's you and your partner. Uh, Tay uh. is not with us because she just had a baby, right?
5: Yes, we are. We she birthed a child <laughs> last week. I feel like we because I've been in there. So I've been to the hospital so much. Um, but yeah, it's like she birthed a baby last week and now like a album is being born. So there's so much going on. It's Literally chaos. And I think I jinxed us with the album title through the madness. Um, So never naming that again. And I'm a little reluctant about volume two (laughs) because I don't know what kind of chaos that one's going to (laughs) bring.
4: And we're going to talk about the record in a second, but it is out. It's called through the madness volume one. You mentioned being at the hospital. Have you been up to the hospital since she's had the baby?
5: Um, So she, Tay is actually home. Mm. Um, She was on bed rest for a little over a month um, and literally couldn't move. Like it was, really really a really really hard time uh for her and you know for me just watching my best friend go through something like that um and you just feel so helpless but she is doing great and recovering like a champ and baby layton is doing great and getting stronger every day so everything is good it was just
4: a month of tears (laughs) really so why through the madness uh, why'd you name this record that
5: So the song Madness that was kind of our North Star of the whole entire project, Um, the hook of the song is I'll love you through the madness. And I, you know, was thinking I typically name the albums just because it's one of my weird things that I like to do. Um, And I just felt like through the madness was a hopeful title um, when you hear the song Madness. like I, I'm, I'm hoping that when people hear this project that it's like a musical hug. I feel like everyone needs that right now and this is, it's not like the last project where there's a lot of heartbreak and, and um, hardship songs. Um, it's definitely more a hopeful, happier project.
4: I do want to play a little bit of track four, Grown Man Cry. This is yes. from Maddie and Tay. Here you go.
6: That girl can make a grown man cry.
4: So when you guys get in the room to write this song, who's the girl that can make a grown man cry? Which one of you two were taking that 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 narrative uh. there?
5: You know, I wish I was that cool girl, but it's definitely Tay. She's the cool <laughs> one of the two. I'm the like hard on my sleeve, was not the hot chick. Tay is always the hot chick. She would disagree, but I think. Um, but that song, actually, I got the song title because I was talking to my sister-in-law um, and we were talking about um, her friend and, you know, just this breakup or whatever. And And the guy had... Literally been crying like months after the breakup, um, because he was so heartbroken. Which I know guys don't really cry in general, which I think is like not cool. It's like every human needs to cry, but um, and I just thought, man, that girl that he was with must be something special because she made a grown man cry, um, and I just took that title and kind of made this character that I wish I was, but I'm just not the cool leather jacket girl. I wish (laughs) I was, I like to pretend I am. And that song gives me that minute, but I'm not her.
4: (laughs) I I think you're, I think you're super cool. I think you're super friendly. I think that's what cool is. Cool. is not trying to be cool. So in that, you
5: know, yeah, I'm, I'm a big dork. So if that is what makes you cool, then sweet.
4: (laughs) Do you still have chickens?
5: Oh, my gosh, Bobby, I have a really sad story for you.
4: Uh, I don't know if I'm up for a sad story, Maddie. Okay, okay.
5: So we moved to this new house, right? We're out in the woods, um, and they were doing great. The first four months, it was just my three chickens. They were laying eggs, living their best country lives, had more space. We're out in the woods, so happy, right? We get these four new chickens, and they start Causing havoc trying to jump the fence teaching the other chickens how to get into shenanigans. It was just horrible So basically it's the new four ones fault. They all got eaten one night <gasps> Literally. Yeah,
4: all seven or just the four new ones
5: no, all seven of them.
4: Oh,
5: wow. Yeah, it was. And then me and Jonah went hiking on our property and we found the freaking foxhole with chicken feathers in it. Oh, my God. It was terrible. I, it like I literally Bobby woke up one morning. I woke up to go get my eggs like, oh, da. did da, da, I da, go get my eggs? And there's just feathers all over the yard. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> and I definitely cried. OK, I, you know, those were like my babies. I love those little chickens.
4: Then I'm scared to ask the next question because I can't take any more sad. Animal news. Your dog Emmy is it she
5: okay? She is still good and oh, crazy thank God. and so fun. <laughs> thank God. No, she, and you know what Emmy, it was so sad because she she was like the mama of the chickens. They would follow her. It was so sweet, and she seemed like really sad for like about a week. You know how you can tell when dogs' moods are different. Like I don't know if y'all's dogs do that, but I can tell with Emmy that she was like, "Where are my babies?"
4: Oh, well, that's still kind of sad. Like I yeah. thought we'd go to somewhere, but now Emmy's sad. I know. Maddie's sad. I'm a little sad.
5: I know. But, you know, the chickens, they did have a great life. Um, They lived a whole year, which is normally longer than most chickens. So (laughs) uh, I always try to find the silver lining, but it's just messed up, man. That fox is a real jerk.
4: Give me something then. Let's do – give me a sad – I need to get rid of the sadness. Give me your favorite sad song from the new album, Through the Madness. Which one should I play a clip of right now and then go listen to after the show when I think about this interview?
5: Okay, because I know how much you love Lori McKenna, I would say the other side. It's not it's a hopeful song, but it makes me cry. Okay, so
4: let's think of chickens that have just been murdered and <laughs> listen to the other side.
5: But they're trees- sad thing about dead chickens
4: god oh no <laughs> uh maddie from maddie and tay's on with us they have a new album out to, it's out now called through the madness volume one uh your 10 year high school re- reunion's coming up are you gonna go
5: oh my gosh bobby no <laughs> i didn't even think about that well i ask
4: because you know we know each other and i know well, about what time it is you know how old you absolutely
5: are. not i am not going well, why I, would i go back
4: well okay have you seen yellow jackets the show yet
5: no, but I need a new show. So tell me why I should watch. Well, it. they oh, they, well.
4: they go to a high school reunion. But what happens is when they're in school, there's a plane crash and they have to survive in the woods. But it's it, you know they go back to their high school reunion. Which, as I was thinking about that, I was thinking about you. Why would you not go back to your high school reunion?
5: <sighs> okay, this sounds so ugly and rude. But I'm just going to be honest. I don't have a lot of like relationships that I still care about from high school. I like my one best friend, Brandy um and maybe a couple others but like there's just no one i'm sorry like time is precious and i don't want to spend time talking to a bunch of people that i don't plan on talking to again Mm. you know what i mean classic maddie
4: the chicken killer am i right
5: i'm (laughs) sorry but i just like i don't know i don't understand this reunion it's like this is a part of life high school it sucks everyone hates high school why are we going to go back to it
4: you know, I, I feel a bit like you do huh. in that high school was tough for me. However, I don't think every like Lunchbox and Amy loved high school. Loved yeah. high school.
7: I mean, I was because you king. guys were cool yeah. though. We were in the See, in crowd. I, no,
4: no.
5: I I'm was not. the girl that everyone's like, oh, she wants to be Taylor Swift and she's not. Cute enough to make it, so she'll never do anything. I like, mean, there's real
3: trauma here.
7: here. Yeah,
5: I
8: understand having. Yeah, if you but didn't now have you a go back
7: experience. and you say, "Look at me now." That's what you, the whole point of going back. Because everybody, when you go back, is going to want to talk to you. You'd be like, "Hey, remember when you called me? Want to be Taylor Swift?" And then you give him a big slap but, on the face. Oh, the but <laughs>
5: see, Lunchbox, I'm too like. In the moment, I'm too nice. I'm like, I know you a hole was talking mess about me back in the day, but I'm just gonna smile and pretend like I don't want to punch you. And then that's hard, you know. Mm,
4: okay, we've gone to some pretty uh, we got in depth here on a few things. With, uh, Maddie from uh, Maddie and Tay, uh, who's on now. The record is out through the Madness Volume One. Do you have an angry song of these tracks? Do you have a song that 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 evokes emotion, the opposite of sadness here?
5: Yeah, I mean, okay, I feel like it's it's like a little angry it's wish you the best that one i call it my sparkly middle finger to your ex like okay it's a nice way to f- be like you had the best thing you could ever get and goodbye so i would say maybe that one
4: here we go here's wish you the best i
5: wish you nothing but the-
4: but you've already had it look at that isn't that
5: i literally i call it the boom roasted song i don't know if y'all are <laughs> office fans or not but i just feel like that is the ultimate boom roasted in your face yeah, song
4: boom roasted that's a good one that's a good one uh okay well before we go let me say i i do know that you and your husband just had your second wedding anniversary your marriage yes. wedding anniversary mm-hmm. is that what we call yes it? oh Aw, yes so what's 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 the deal with you two we feel like we're gonna make it forever now or what <laughs>
5: We are definitely going to make it forever. been—it's been It's been 12 years of being together. And I still like even last night, we were just sitting outside having a glass of wine. And I just looked at his face and I'm like, damn, you still are fine. And you're smart and hot and wonderful. Like, I feel like if you can dig someone for that long forever is like good to go. Do
4: you say that to him?
5: Yes, I do. I like to I like to pump my husband up. But let me tell you, there are days like last week. It was a I don't know if y'all have this in marriage where it's like where you're just not on the same wavelength and you're just duking it out like just every day. It just gets worse and worse. And then finally it's like, ah, what is going on? And then it settles back in and you're back on the same wavelength. I hope that's normal in marriage. Amy, do you have that? Yeah. Yeah, Yes. Not like literal dukes, but yes.
4: Uh, Oh, do you mean literal dudes? Not literal. And then he went out and killed the chickens. (laughs) I'm putting it all together (laughs) now. It's all coming together. I've solved the crime.
5: now it's like a Lifetime movie about a chicken massacre, and I'm loving it.
4: Well, I'm going to end with this. This is track number one, What It's Like Loving You from Maddie and Tay. Here we go.
5: Do you say what you're thinking? Do I gotta read
3: your mind?
6: Does your heart...
4: the whole album telling stories weaving it in it's like a yes
5: yeah that was so bobby yeah. well freaking done yeah. helping us you know share this record
4: yeah that's what
0: i do that's what i do all
4: <laughs> that's right what,
5: that's why you get paid the big buck
4: maddie great to talk to you i always love when you're on the show you are an a plus guest i tell you that every time uh congratulations oh, so, you are
5: a plus human all of you and um i love y'all And hope you have a wonderful rest of your year. I'm probably going to see you hopefully with Tay soon. Um, But, yeah, thank you all for having us, and thanks for digging into the record. I really appreciate it.
4: Through the Madness, Volume 1 is out from Maddie and Tay. And that is Maddie. And now we'll clap, and that's how we end the interview, so it's not awkward. Yay! (laughs) Bye, Maddie. (laughs) And bye, Maddie.
5: Love y'all. Bye.
1: Bye. It's
0: the best bits of the week with Morgan Number 2.
1: We've been asking listeners to send in some theme songs for our show and you guys definitely showed up for it. We have five uh, serious entries one that you'll see what happened and where it came from Uh, But they are pretty good. It was fun to listen to your guys' idea of what a theme song would be for our show. And now you can still create a theme song for the show. This isn't closed. We just listened to some of them back, and I'm going to play them for you right now. They can give you some inspiration, and you can send them in to us still. Right, Mike?
2: Yeah, send them in. I'm looking and listening to them all.
1: Yes, and if you send them to the mailbag, I'm going to say it again, even though you've probably heard it 80 million times on the show, mailbag at bobbybones.com. Make sure you write in that title theme song.
2: Yep, and attach to your file.
1: Yes, don't don't send theme song and then don't attach the theme song. Yeah,
2: we got to listen it. That's important.
1: That's very important. All right, y'all, here they are. Listen, and uh, I think there's a Wyatt Dylan in here. Very interesting. Pay close attention.
0: Number six.
1: We got on
4: the air a few weeks ago, and I was like, hey, if you write a theme song for this show and we use it, I'll pay you 500 bucks. And so we've had people, they start to trickle in. Would you like to hear some of them? Yes. yes. Yeah. All right. We've got five so far. Uh, this first one is from Greg Lato. It's 60 seconds long. I don't know that we'll play the whole thing, but here is uh, Greg. He wrote, here's my submission for the Bobby Bones theme song. Thanks for the opportunity.
9: If y'all are searching for a bonehead story or advice, got Bobby Bones for that. Look in his mailbag, spin the wheel or roll the dice, got Bobby Bones for that. Turn up your radio for the Bobby Boat Show, because everybody has a song that makes somebody think of them. Everybody has a home when the memories start moving in, you'll catch yourself. It for that. <laughs>
4: oh wow! I got to put a lot of work into that. Yeah, wow. that's pretty good. That's pretty good. And wow. it feels good. And then it and then it goes into like a chorus with like production with like background mm-hmm. singers. Wow, nice job, Greg Leto yeah. Okay, here's Mike Lubin. His song is three minutes and thirty seconds long. Oh, I can't play this whole
3: no. thing. <laughs>
8: well, this guy's trying lead. to hit the
4: charts with this one. <laughs> Uh, I was listening to the Bobby show earlier today, and he did a segment on theme songs. He mentioned having the audience send songs for the theme. Here's a tune I wrote and recorded. I hope this tune will find its way to Bobby. Thanks. Mike
9: Lubin. Give me a little bit of this. I just want to be on the Bobby Bone show. Hanging out with Bobby and all of the morning crew. Bobby, I appreciate you I won't be on the radio On the radio with Bobby Bones That's pretty good! Wow!
8: <laughs> so this is more of like a yes. submission if to be on the radio, which is genius.
9: Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. again. Bobby's playing country tunes And it ain't no Dr. Hook I don't want to be on the cover On the cover of the Rolling Stone. I wanna be on the radio, on the radio with Bobby (laughs) Bone. If I had my choice to be on the cover of the Rolling Stone, I'd rather be on the radio hanging out with Bobby. Can I say the song?
4: Okay. Well, I feel like again, it's more of a just get on the radio. Yeah, yeah. He I just did. did. He stuck <laughs> yeah. it in there. But that's good. Yeah. That's good. That's good, Mike Lubin. Um, here is Adam Norris. It's 30 seconds. Uh, this is Adam Norris, songwriter, copyright, January 2022. He wrote that to make sure we didn't steal it, I guess. Nice. Okay, here is Adam Norris. Go ahead. It's
9: time to make mistakes. Bobby Bones lunchbox on the microphone. Amy's here and she has jokes. Bobby Bones show.
3: Bobby Bones.
4: Bobby Bones show. I feel like he's sad. Yeah. I feel like that's dashboard. I feel like that's
10: 90s you. <laughs> I am selfish. I am love. I am right.
11: Did you hear his breath at the end? Yeah, he's like, a ah. <sighs> <laughs> Emo. That, that's
4: his vibe. He's emo. I mean, I don't hate it. On, it just doesn't. What? We can move on from that one. Let, no, me, hear, I, let me hear the I, beginning of it. I like it. It's Adam just not the uh, beat. Like, and also, he didn't have a lot of production. <laughs> just because the guy doesn't have resources doesn't mean we should discount it. It's
9: time to make this day. Bobby Bones, lunchbox on the microphone. Amy's here and she has
4: choked. I mean, first of all, it sounds so emo, but l- listen to the words. Yeah. It's time Bobby. to make t- it's time to make this day your own. I'm waking up with Bobby Bones. A lunchbox has a microphone. <laughs> Amy has jokes. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. Yeah. Lyrically, that's pretty strong. Yeah,
11: I, I just I just feel like the, the the whole mood of the song is a little low, especially cool. for like an I uplifting show. I agree with you know that. What that. I mean, that that could our, be, our sad day. Yeah.
9: yeah. Oh, that could don't be we like, have those. We have. What? I am selfish. <laughs> I, am... <laughs> I am.
4: That's what it feels like to me. Like dashboard confession.
6: I am selfish. selfish.
4: Okay, here is Evan Goodwin. It's 37 seconds long. My name is Evan Goodwin. I wanted to submit a song for the theme song. I've attached a file for you. This sounded like a fun challenge, so I gave it a go. I'm not a professional. It was a weekend project. Hope you like it. Have a wonderful day. Evan Goodwin. Here you go.
6: Hey there now, thanks for tuning in. Come on down.
3: <laughs> yeah, so, I just uh, also feel like
4: s- you were shaking your head. S-
5: uh, we'll
7: give an E for effort. That was, that was not good.
8: That was good. I liked it. It nice. just nice. had that same Do we give off a, like an emo vibe?
7: I mean, the echoey part, like you came in here what he's
8: saying... Well, yeah. It was, was s-
11: unique. Yeah. Definitely sound indie.
8: But everything's the last two is, have been. You very can tell unique. he worked
4: hard on it. And Bones, the guitar, was out of tune. Oh, yeah. I heard that it got I out mean, of really it. bad.
8: Well, I didn't yeah, notice yeah. that. Uh, didn't finally,
4: that he resent his submission and This is K9 the rapper. Who sent in this to be used as the theme song?
9: Oh
12: Bobby, Oh 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 Bobby, Oh
9: Bobby, Oh Bobby, Oh Bobby, Oh Oh Bobby, Oh 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 Bobby, Oh Bobby, Oh Bobby, Oh Bobby, Oh Bobby, Oh Bobby, Oh the Bobby
4: Bone Show. I mean, I think that's more of the post show thing. We it. play a lot mm-hmm. more than the regular show. People will be, if they're, let's say they're in Pittsburgh and they're turning the show on for the first time. And they're like, hey, I can't wait to check out, you know, the show, the Bobby Bone Show on our, my favorite country station. And then they hear that, they oh, might, Bobby.
9: Oh, Bobby. they might, <laughs> oh, you know, oh, I like Bobby. it. We'll keep that for the post show.
4: So those are the first five submissions. Yes. We have one more. What's the guy's name, Wyatt? Wyatt Dillon. Here is Wyatt Dillon.
6: Wyatt Dillon! Yee-haw!
7: Here we go. The Bobby Bone Show, I'll tell you what they do. Bobby Bone brings the positivity to you. We'll make you laugh, we'll make you scream. We are the feed team. <laughs> Amy brings a corny. You better listen every morning. Believe me, you should, because every day we tell you something good. Lunchbox comes off as rude, but he's everyone's favorite dude. Eddie has a huge litter, but so boring on Twitter. The Bobby Bones Show—if you know, you know. Yeah! I'm why Dylan. Why
3: doing now. Here's your host, Bobby
4: Bones. It sounds like we hired Yosemite Sam. <laughs>
8: Yes. So that's a, that's I a, honestly didn't figure it out until like. Mm.
4: Until he said Lunchbox is his favorite dude. Yeah. <laughs> when it was obviously Lunchbox singing. <laughs> I
8: was kind of like, wait a second. This then I heard familiar. Steve get in there and go,
4: woo, dude. Okay, nice job, guys. Um, if wh- able
8: to, listeners should know that was Lunchbox.
4: I think probably they do. Wyatt I mean, that was probably our best submission. You're still singing in his voice.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
8: hey,
7: y'all,
4: Wyatt down there.
11: Was that a beer can in the beginning? That yeah, was beer. You can? just sound like you. No,
4: no, just no. yelling. Nah, no, I put stuff in my lip. Oh. Uh, okay, listen, we're, we're still looking. We don't know right now if any of them will make the cut, but you can send an email to our mailbag, mailbag at bobbybones.com. Just put in the subject theme theme song. song, All caps. Because we get so many emails. Put it theme song and attach it. We'll check back in next week. All right, good. Thank you for all the submissions.
0: It's the best bits of the week with Morgan number 2.
1: We always love when Chris Stapleton comes on the show because he has some good stories, and this time he shared some of his stories from high school and what sports he played. He was actually more known for sports than he was music. And it's just always fun to listen to him talk because Chris Stapleton has such a soothing voice. So, right now, you guys can hear that interview with Chris and Bobby.
4: Number five. We are about to have Chris Stapleton on, which, by the way, I could list you every award he's won because he wins them all. But what's stunning is he only has two number ones. Wow. That's crazy. And the system's broken. That is stunning. His record just his, his records crush and stay at live at number one, but starting over was a number one.
8: Be my whole Recently, over.
4: starting Ooh. over. Can you name his only other number one? Traveler.
8: Mm-hmm. Oh, what's
4: this? Is my point? He has so many awesome wow. songs. Tennessee whiskey.
8: Tennessee whiskey.
4: What? Broken halos. Oh, oh yeah. Broken And he has an, a song this week that's going for number one, which will be his third, which is You Should Probably Leave.
9: Yeah, you should
4: probably leave. I want to read you uh, something about Chris here. So back in 2014, there was a review of this song, and the writer wrote, uh, You Should Probably Leave has no discernible melody. The storyline is dull. It's a dull dishwater, and the tempo is excruciatingly slow. What oh, wow. on earth?
8: <laughs> wow.
4: Yeah. That writer... Come on. Morgan number two. <laughs> no, it wasn't <laughs> oh, It wasn't her. I'm just kidding. It's in 2014. Uh, so Chris is about to be on in like 30 seconds or so. Uh, do you want to hear all of his awards or no? Yeah. Okay. Chris Stapleton, 23 million certified units. I don't know what that means. 7.8 billion streams. Traveler went four times platinum. From A-Room, platinum. Uh, five-time Grammy Award winner. 16 CMAs. Jeez. Nine ACMs. Oh, my. Four CMT. Four CMT. Songwriter of the Decade recipient at the ACMs. Right, where's the money amount? Oh, uh, <laughs> Worth? I, that's not on here. That's not on here. All right, here we go. He's on now. Let's talk to Chris Stapleton.
0: Go. On the Bobby Bones Show now.
4: Chris Stapleton. Chris, what's up, buddy? How's it going, brother Bobby? You hey.
13: all right today?
4: Yeah, I'm doing good. I haven't seen you in a while. How you been?
13: Uh, you know, better not I deserve, I
4: suppose. <laughs> hey, I was thinking about you. I was talking to a lady that listens to the show who's from Kentucky. and Where is she from? Corbin? Corbin, Kentucky? Yes. So... Chris, you grew up in Staffordsville. Like is that where you spent most of like your childhood?
13: Yeah, that's I mean that was where I, my home was, the kind of the county seat with Paintsville, Kentucky. Staffordsville uh, Staffordville consisted of a few houses and a post
4: office. Well, I was going to ask like what was your hometown like? Like if I were to drive into it, like what is Staffordsville and where else would you go growing up as a teenager?
13: Well, like I said, Staffordville was pretty much some houses in a post office. The town, Paintsville, the town where I went to high school and all that kind of stuff, we had a Walmart and Taco Bell and stuff like that.
4: When you were, you know, wanting to do music, you, I mean, you were musically inclined a bit as a kid. Where did you start to flex that muscle growing up in a small town in Kentucky?
13: I grew up singing in church with uh, my brother and uh, some buddies of ours and did a bunch of that, but also we just, you know, I had an uncle that played guitar, and I had another, and his brother was in a popular regional band, and so I had those influences. They would show me chords and things. That was my guitar education on that end.
14: Yeah, I, guess,
13: I don't know. I, I just kind of always was there. It was part of the ethos of, uh, of hanging out, was playing music a little bit.
4: Were you the music kid in school? Like, what were you known for? Obviously, you were an athlete, too, but what would you say that in 10th grade people knew Chris Ableton for?
13: I mean, I played a lot of sports. I probably played more sports than I played music in high school. Uh, that was, you know, that consumed a lot of my time. But I would, you know, I'd sing now and then and do some things, other things too. So,
4: Are you still a big sports guy? Are you watching like all the NFL games right now?
13: Not really. Um, I mean, I like to go to sporting events when that opportunity presents itself. Baseball games or football games or, you know, anything. I'm a fan of the Kind of the fellowship of the whole thing and the energy of the whole thing. It's kind of, it's kind of like live shows. It's the same thing. I don't know to, to sit around and, on a TV and watch watch it all the time. I, I, it still to this day kind of makes me want to play. You know, <laughs> and so if I can't if I can't play, I was like I'm not going to watch that. It's going to be a little depressing.
4: Do you have any – I still have injuries, like from me thinking I was an athlete when I was younger and, heck, even a year or so ago. Don't we all? Yeah, do you still have any lingering – because you were actually a really good ball player. Anything lingering with you? A
13: little bit of arthritis in my shoulders. My fingers, none of them are straight. (laughs) But uh, nothing nothing that kills me.
4: What position did you play in high school? Which sport? And football.
13: Linebacker and a fullback. Uh. I went both ways.
4: What is wrong with you? I mean, he's a linebacker and a fullback. Like that all you're doing is craving violent contact in both of those positions.
13: <laughs> that was that was what I wanted out of it.
4: Oh. That is that is punched. I played wide receiver and a little bit of corner and I did not want to get hit at all. And no way in any, I <laughs> I wanted no contact whatsoever. <laughs> you and I would have been the perfect little buddy cop movie. You'd have been the big guy <laughs> doing all the damage.
13: <laughs> we'll pitch that to somebody. you and I as high school buddy cop.
4: Oh my goodness. Uh, Chris <laughs> Stapleton is on with us, and you should probably leave. You know when you when they made this a single, when call. you guys made this single, I was so pumped because I've known this song for such a long time. I've seen you play it live so many times. and when you when it was on the record, I think I said something to you, like, hey, what was the reasoning? You know what was the motivation on putting it on the record? Then you made it a single. Are you as surprised as 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 I am that this song has just remained so awesome after all these years?
13: Well, you know, I, I have to give credit where credit due. My wife kind of required that this song go on a record. <laughs> She's like, "You have to put this on a record. Stop not putting it on a record." So, and that and that's you know that's how I wound up there. But you know, you have a tendency when you play have a song or a song's been around a while that uh, you're like, well, maybe it's maybe it's not sticking or something. But, uh, you know, it's kind of had a, a cult following on YouTube or whatever, whatever performances are out there before it was on a record. We kind of stacked a deck on putting it on there, I guess.
4: Well, I loved it, and I was pumped to see it on the record and then pumped to see it as a single. And to see it, you know, here we are, going for number one. That's an awesome yeah. deal. Well, Chris, look, I love talking with you. I uh, can't wait to see you again. And congratulations. I mean, I feel like your life is is you showing up to accept awards and then disappearing back into the abyss, pretty much.
13: <laughs> oh, man. Uh, that sounds that sounds good,
4: doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, I guess so it's like, it's like you don't hear see or hear from Chris in a while, then all of a sudden he's winning, like, the award for greatest artist of all time, and then he disappears again. Like, it's a pretty good life. Yeah, it's just, it's just that easy, too. Yeah? yeah, of course, of course. Hey, Chris, great, congratulations. Great to talk to you, and, you know, love what you do and love how you do it, and hopefully I'll see you soon.
13: Bobby, thanks so much, but I, I hope you well, and everybody uh, around you is doing, doing well as well.
0: All right, Chris. See you, bud. Let's go. It's the best bits of the week Show. with Morgan Number Two. Ooh,
1: this one was controversial, and you know, I was gonna put it at number one, but then I thought that'd bring more controversy, so it's here at number four. Abby recorded a version of the national anthem in studio, so it's super perfect. words hard um super i still can't say it super professional that one of our radio stations can play and it it spun into this whole thing right you know lunchbox was being wild and crazy about it had a lot of opinions to Mm -hmm. share but you know this is not unusual for lunchbox but i want us to talk about we're going to go back to some behind the scenes of the show because sometimes People on the show, you know, they act all nice and stuff, but then you get the mics away, and that's not how they're acting. And in this specific situation, Eddie went up to Abby after and was like, you know, he could have, like, edited the song this way or that way. And I'm like, Eddie, you didn't say that on the show, but now you want to say it? And she's like, yeah, you, you talking behind my back? <laughs> and I think it's really funny, and I think it's something to share because it, it, there's just so many times after the show that we tend to see other sides of people, especially like high stress when we're working for five hours yeah. and afterward everybody's really tired and we're kind of sassy with each other. So I'll share, and I want you to think of some, like while, you're, while I'm telling you the story about Eddie, because that was Eddie with Abby, but there was one with Eddie and me. Um, and I want you to, to, to see if you think of any where you're like, okay, what were they, what were they talking about? What were they saying? This is a little different. <laughs> um, but Eddie has, has recently been dad-wristing me. Do you know what that means?
2: What is it exactly? Okay,
1: so you know, have you heard of mom the mom seatbelt?
2: Yeah, I know that one. Like
1: somebody's sitting in the car driving seat, and there's a passenger, and they they hit the brakes really hard, so they reach their hand, right, oh, yeah, right, and they're over. like, "Oh, mom seatbelt!" Like thinks that you know that can do anything. And so I've I've established that there's a mom seatbelt, and then there's the dad wrist, which my dad used to do this to me growing up. If I was like trying to run across the street, he'd grab my wrist and be really strong, and it'd be like, "Don't move." It's like the mom seatbelt and the dad wrist. Well. <laughs> Eddie, okay, <laughs> this may be an HR violation. I'm not really sure. Uh, it's more of a funny thing because Eddie and I basically act like brother and sister. But we we create all the show videos together. And there's this list that sits between us that I write on and, and say all the videos that I need him to create for the show that day. And and lately he's beginning frustrated because there's a lot of videos on there that he has to do, mm-hmm. and um, I have to put like a star by certain ones for certain things and whatever lately I've been riding on there and like every single day this week, at least once he has dad wristed me while I am writing these videos. And I look at him and I say, Eddie, is this how you treat your kids when they're in trouble? Like, I'm not kidding you. When I say he grabs my wrist and he's like, no, I'm like, I, one, I'm not your child, Eddie. (laughs) Two, (laughs) I'm literally writing videos. I'm not doing anything wrong, but he's like getting frustrated because he's tired. He doesn't want to do the videos. And that's a different side of Eddie that, you know, sometimes he doesn't he doesn't show on the show his little sassy, aggressive side that comes out and I'm you know, I was like, Eddie, I think I think the world needs to see that side of you some more. And he was like, <laughs> No, this is this is my dad's side. So I get dad by Eddie in the studio. <laughs> that happens often. You got any stories like that where you're just like, What is happening? I
2: mean, kind of along those same lines of somebody being a little bit different is that I think that sometimes People expect us to, like Bobby, to be more outgoing and talkative outside of the show. Yeah. And I feel like why me and him get along so well is that we can leave this place and not talk at all. <laughs> and if you put all of us in a room, like, right after the show, he would have the least to say.
1: True. Very true.
2: And it's a weird dynamic that it creates of, like, on doing the show, show ends completely off.
1: Mm-hmm. He does. He Like, he he won't talk when he first comes in. He doesn't, he doesn't really say much and he doesn't talk much when the show's over. It, unless it's like something that somebody's talking about and he really has something to say about it. Yeah. But also because I think he says everything he needs to say on the show. He like saves it so it can be on the show in a way.
2: Yeah. And you almost just get like I've, like, sometimes leaving here, I'm just so tired. Mm-hmm. You kind of have all your energy. Like, sometimes I'll leave and not listen to, listen to anything. Like, I'll drive home in silence just to have, like, a little bit of peace Oh my to come gosh. down off the chaos. Ain't
1: that the truth, though? If you're driving in silence, you are tired. Yeah. That I, is your number one sign.
2: I think every day after leaving here, I drive in silence. It's Logan, very that, rare I turn on the a radio. a lot
1: of time. And I do not even
2: notice it. By the time I get to where I'm going, I'll get to the gym or get home and I'm like, oh, I didn't turn anything on. Okay. I'm but fine. when
1: you're running and you go to the gym, you are listening to music. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so at least you wake up a little bit by the time you get back home. Yeah. <laughs> I do. Yeah. I, I think it's funny. Like, I, you know, after the show, this, particularly the guys, Eddie, Lunchbox, Ray, they get very ornery. Mm-hmm. Like just everything that they do is very ornery after the show. It's like the boys locker room is what yes, we're dealing with.
2: Very much so.
1: Yes. And I'm like, Eddie it's back to our, our, dad wristing thing. I'm like, you can't just do that to somebody. Like I'm, I'm really not your kid, but okay. I mean, I'm, we're working on the same thing. It's you're basically my brother in, in this whole work scenario. So I'm used to it <laughs> at this point, but I think it's funny. I think it, it's funny to show these other, these other sides of our personality because we aren't always on and we are all like human mm-hmm. and we show these very human sides often and we don't catch them on videos or social media or stuff, but I still think they're funny to share. Yeah. Because they're just, they're they're these different sides and maybe you see us. I mean, I know whenever I'm talking on the show, I'm always smiling. I'm like, okay, here we go. Got to smile and make sure you guys can hear the happiness in my voice. But then, like, as soon as that camera is off of me, I'm like, okay, back to work. <laughs> I feel like-, like
2: we all do that. <laughs> Sometimes it's like we, we'll do this big segment where we're all excited, break sober, and we're just like, quiet yeah like that's it it's silence and then we come back on and it's like energy level again yes but it's almost like having this wave of energy that we have to ride and Mm -hmm. save it for when it is on the air and when it's not off we're just very (laughs) (laughs) normal
1: we really are for the most part but yeah i I wanted to share that story i thought it was funny but maybe it wasn't as funny as i thought in my head (laughs) i don't know um but i i did at least establish do you remember like your dad when you were a kid dad wristing you
2: I don't think so.
1: Like I think it was like cuz I was a troublemaker and I I not listen sometimes. Mm-hmm. And if I was like trying to run out in front of cars and stuff, that was when he would dad risk me. And I think my mom did it sometimes too, so it's not I, mean, I think they can interchange, but I do think this is a thing with parents. I have this I don't know, it's something that just feels right. <laughs> <laughs> it's also like when I was talk I whenever I talk about like dating scenarios, I always say like you got a green flag, you got a white flag, and you got a red flag. That's how I established dating for people. Like, green flag means something about a person is really great. White flag means you might need to have some guard up. Red flag, obviously terrible. Um, so I, I get these little, like, uh, explanations of things. And I think they're right most of the time. <laughs> it's like my little gut feeling, like, making things up, I think. I don't know. But, two, I, ha- I, I want to know. Like, talking to, like, red flag, green flag, what would you say you're, you, you know, you guys have been married for like a year now. What would you say is like your green flag about you? Talking about yourself. What is a green flag about you? and What's a red flag about you?
2: Ooh, a green flag. I was actually talking uh, with my wife recently. Like one of the first things she found like attractive about me was how good of a tipper I was that I didn't even realize. Yeah. I think that was her first green flag for me. Like our first date, I left a nice tip. And I, I don't know, I've always had that kind of established in myself. Yes. And I think that's one that kind of worked in my favor.
1: I do. Yes. I hate that. It is a green flag. If a, if a guy tips well on a date, that's a green flag.
2: I think it's tipping well. And also how you treat the person. Yes. How, how you treat the server,
1: how you treat servers, um, people living with homelessness and animals. Those mm-hmm. are three things I always look for in the first few dates. So makes sense. Yeah. That is your green flag. Okay. What's, what's a red flag you think?
2: Probably that I don't say a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like sometimes it comes across of like me being uninteresting or like weird, but it's just how I am. Like I I think a lot in my head and I think that's probably why I had so many struggles in dating because it was hard for me just to like, all right, I need to find somebody who I can open up to enough that I can Mm -hmm. talk and be able to share things with. And I was always worried of like, man, am I ever going to get to that point where I can actually like talk comfortably? (laughs) And now I found that. So, But I think in the beginning, in the first few dates, I was still like... Even though in my head, I felt like I was talking a lot. I'm like, I'm crushing this. <laughs> you're yeah, like, oh, you're very quiet in the early on. I'm like, dang it.
1: Well, I would say that your personality is introverted. Mm-hmm. Yeah?
2: Yeah, very I introverted. Th-
1: I do think you can be an extrovert when you know people, though.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I would say in like our setting, our work setting, I'm the most extroverted that I get. Everything outside of that, nah. Yeah. <laughs> and I can do like... I could go on stage and do comedy and do that and be extroverted there, go in front of thousands of people and tell jokes. And that's no problem for me. But standing in front of like five people I just met, trying to introduce myself, can't do it.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that makes sense, though, because there are people in certain circumstances that are extroverted, but are normally introverted.
3: Mm-hmm. Do you
1: remember what you were on the Myers-Briggs personality N- test? No. <laughs> Because I, I just remember the first one is either an introvert or an extrovert, so you definitely have introvert. Yeah, but I don't remember the other ones.
3: It's I been don't. a long time
1: since I've been. <laughs> I was just thinking about that. I mean, green. I, I would say like my green flag, if if as a person, would be that I um, I have a really big heart. I like to take care of people. I like to take care of animals, things, anything I can. That would be something. That is a blessing and a curse in my life, but it would be a green flag. But red flag is that I have major OCD, which means I like to be in control a lot. Mm. So just control of situations or like always make sure there's plans happening. I don't like to. I can be adventurous, but I still have to have a little bit of a plan, an idea of things or it makes me very anxious. And like everything at my house, which my boyfriend has very much learned, has a place. Nothing can be out of place. I am very, like, controlling in that sense that mm-hmm. I don't let a lot of chaos in my life because I can't have control over it. And I think that could be a red flag for for certain people for sure. Do you, do you ever feel like that has ever happened in your guys' relationship at all? Is there any kind of, like, OCD for either one of you guys?
2: Yeah, that's actually something my wife struggles with a lot. Yeah. So I know how to like help her out just to live a normal, like every day. Mm -hmm. So I totally get it. And it's hard for me because I love the chaos. Like I am the one that I feel like we have so much structure here at work that in my personal life, I don't like a plan. I like my workspace messy. I I just throw things everywhere. (laughs) So we are complete opposites in that. And it's me learning like, oh yeah, she is not that way in any sense. So I have to learn to be better at those things and control that because it does affect her.
1: I do feel like too, it's a, it's a good balance to have. And I think your, your wife could probably attest to this. It's been a learning curve in my relationship because my boyfriend is a little bit like you in that sense. Like he, he's okay. He can thrive in chaos and he does really well in it, but he's also super clean and organized, which is a benefit for me because Mm -hmm. again, that would cause a lot of stress in my life, but it's funny because we'll get done with like eating dinner And I will immediately start cleaning everything like it cannot sit there (laughs) and he could let it sit there for like an hour and he he will stop me sometimes like sometimes he'll just let me do it because it makes me feel better. I don't like anything being out of place before I can finally calm down for the night. Everything kind of has to be ready. It just creates a very organized sense of feeling for me. But there will be sometimes we will get done eating dinner and he will literally almost do a bomb seatbelt to me and be like, Morgan, just sit down. I will take care of it in a little bit. And I'm like, but, and it's like, it's like my skin crawls. Cause I'm like, I, I need to do it right now, but he's helped me at least in trying not to be so OCD about everything because it is, it's, it, you're on all the time because you're, you're just constantly trying to make sure everything's almost perfect in yeah. a way. And so I, I have learned a little bit from that. I, I haven't gotten great at it yet, but it's a, I am learning to do a little bit better at that. Especially when I'm really tired. I'm just like, no, nah, it's fine. It can sit there. He'll figure it out. <laughs> I let it go.
2: Man, I'm giving up at this point.
1: <laughs> it's not very often, but it does happen sometimes. And it's uh, I always make the, the thing. He's like, I was going to do that. I was like, you got to be quicker than that. I use the little. What is, what is that from? What uh, commercial at that state farm? The little fisherman guy.
2: Maybe. Where he
1: holds the little dollar out, and he like pulls it out. He's like, I'll be quicker than that. That's literally what I always say because I just move so fast at making sure everything's in a place. Very OCD. Not that I I think there's people more OCD than me, but he also thinks it's hilarious because when we leave the house, I always have to be the last one to close the door and I have to touch the doorknob a few times to make sure it's closed. I don't have an exact number, but it happens every time. And sometimes he thinks it's funny to go back and touch the doorknob when I'm in the car. So then I have to get out of the car and go back and touch the doorknob. <laughs> there's so, there's definitely a lot of uh, OCD tendencies in me. But I don't think I'm full-blown OCD. It's just more, it's it's cleanliness and mm. organized more than anything. Because the, the doorknob is my only true OCD thing that's, like, very specific. Yeah. <laughs> but I love that, that your wife is like that because that makes me feel better. Is she to that extent, though, or am I pretty bad?
2: She uh, she's to that extent, okay. yeah. <laughs>
1: Cleanliness is a thing, but yeah, I mean, I have seen your desk at the studio, so I could see how that may cause some chaos in y'all's life. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's just part of it. I think that's part of, of learning different people. I think uh, differences are the best parts in relationships, though, because it tends to challenge you.
2: Yeah, you learn a lot.
1: Mm-hmm. Have you learned anything in that, like that, maybe that situation or different in your relationship? you are like, OK, I have to do this a little bit differently.
2: I would say, yeah, like just being able to like have a sense of awareness when it comes to those types of things. Yeah. Kind of how you say like you immediately have to take care of something. Like my brain just doesn't go there. Mm -hmm. There's some things that I'm like, oh, I didn't know I should take this trash out. I didn't know that me leaving this out affects somebody else. So it's just like thinking (laughs) and learning how to, you know, whatever she has going on, like knowing that I need to do something to react and be like in the relationship like that.
1: Yeah, for sure. What? Well, and until you, you feed off other people, right? Like that's just how the energies in that situation work. Like I, something that I've also noticed that I do when, when conflict happens because of my past like situations, relationships, the trauma that came with it. When I want to bring up something in conflict, I make a joke out of it. I'm like, Oh, you did that. haha," And I like <laughs> <laughs> run away from it. It's like, I put it out there to say that I put it out there, but I'm like, not being serious. So he doesn't know to take it seriously because I'm joking about it. And he, and and so much, he's like, Morgan, you you can't like act like it's a joke if it's actually something that bothers (laughs) you. And I'm like, well, I don't really know how else to, because you know, like in, in my past, especially my, my last relationship, that was the whole abuse situation. If I ever brought conflict to the forefront, it typically ended up in me being punished in some way. Right. Mm. And so now when I bring it up with him, it's the only way I can get it out. It's either it's either it, it stays inside and it mm-hmm. doesn't ever come out. Or it comes out and joke for him. And you know me, I'm not like a I'm not really like a jokester. I just kinda like say what it is. Sometimes I'll laugh at things, but I'm not like I don't make jokes. That's not my yeah. really big personality thing. But when conflict happens, you would think I'm a freaking comedian. Like, I am making jokes, all, like, all day long. And and so I've also had to learn to work on that significantly, which has, has been a very difficult change, like, more so than my OCD problem. Yeah. So.
2: And sometimes making a joke is easier. Yeah. <laughs> I get that. With the dark stuff, it's like, oh, I just make a joke about it. But inside, it's tearing me up. <laughs>
1: Literally. Like, I'm, I'm all of those memes. I'm like, okay, this really hurts, but this is the only way i know how to bring it to you which again is part of my own therapy that i have to work through but it's a struggle and i feel like and uh, you know hopefully saying that helps some people realize that that's what they're doing too but um that's definitely uh my trauma that likes to come out <laughs> to play is turns me into a comedian <laughs> <laughs> oh man okay anyway we started on again therapy podcast this is where this is just what happens yeah <laughs> we get everything out Do you have any other stories from our studio that you thought of before we go into Abby's national anthem? I think we're good. i are good. Okay. You guys can hear it again, you know, on a, on a repeat, can hear Abby's officially recorded in the studio national anthem.
4: Number four. When you call the show, you'll talk to our phone screener, Abby. Abby moved to Nashville to be a singer. Didn't quite work out for her in that way, but now you're with us, right? Right. Sometimes you don't know the path you're supposed to be on until you're on it. Exactly. But you still like to dabble in performance. Uh-huh. So, Abby sang the national anthem in the studio. She then went and sang it at the St. Jude event for thousands of people. And Lunchbox, not that nice about it.
15: No, he yeah. was not. I mean,
4: I, I tried to help her by giving her a book
7: to improve her singing because she needs a little bit of tweaking. She's pitchy and very...
4: <laughs> eh. Well, she now recorded a version, like an official version... To be sent off to our radio station US61 in Norfolk, Virginia, and so we have the version. When did you record this, Abby? Uh, last week. Where went
15: to the studio? I went to the recording studio that we did Vacation Part Two in with Ray. Yes.
4: Okay. Can we hear it? Yeah, you want to hear it? How long is it? How long is it, Ray? It is a minute thirty. Okay. Well, by the way, we have Dave Parker, our program director in Norfolk, Virginia, on too. <laughs> hey, Dave, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great. How are you this morning? Hey, pretty good. Have you heard this version yet? It's fantastic. Oh, you have heard it. Okay, we haven't heard it. We're going to listen to it together. <laughs> okay, I'm going to put you back oh, on hold great. for one okay. second. We're all going to listen to Abby's uh, Star Spangled Banner, okay. the national anthem. I'm remove my hat. Here we go.
10: Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light, what's so bright? Pr- there, oh, see does that star spangled B-
4: Let's go over to Dave Parker, our program director at US 106.1 in Norfolk, Virginia. Now, Dave, is this good enough to make your airwaves? Not only is it good enough to play,
14: I'm going to put that in constant rotation. Wow. 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 25 to 30 days wow
8: <laughs> wow that's so cool that's amazing thank so, you dave well how will you set it up what will be the introduction like abby anderson from the bobby bone show or phone girl abby? i think he
7: just plays it he'll just say this and make a wish
10: oh. no no no,
3: no. oh my gosh
4: hold on, hold on, here we go. go
10: stop stop <laughs> you're
4: such a jerk i think hey dave if i'm if i'm right you just play the <laughs> national anthem you don't be- you don't set it up every time
14: um, there are times like there. We did a whole thing where local listeners would send in their rendition, so then I would talk into that. So probably the first couple of times I play it, uh, I will talk into it just to give it some reference. Uh, but after that, it'll it'll just be in constant rotation.
4: Dang! Wow, Abby, what are your thoughts here?
15: Uh, dream come true. Yeah. This is amazing. This Thank is, you.
4: This is one of the best programmers in America saying right now that he's going to feature your national anthem on his radio station.
15: I can't believe it. Andy said it has like what? Virginia has the most listeners like in the military, right? That's
14: right. It is it is one of the biggest military bases on the planet. Wow. Yes. What? And, and and you know, as because we play the national anthem every day, most of these versions are by, you know, major recording artists. And I will say, and 100% this is true, that Abby's version is significantly better than some of the versions I play by some of the top flight artists. Come
10: on! on!
14: Lunchbox, what would you like to say? First of all, what did you think of
7: that version? I mean, auto-tune is amazing. I mean, auto tune and reverb can make anybody sound like an angel, right? There was <laughs> reverb. Oh, there was. a... Normal. I mean, what? No, I mean, it was like people rever- sing with reverb Wait, in calm here, down. okay? Yes. But auto tuning right now, hold on. Auto
8: tune, no yelling,
7: is amazing. Like Abby had that auto tune on there, and no. she still sounded nasally. That's amazing. Okay, let's, I let's, let's, shouldn't let's, hear auto tune. Go. go in the very beginning. <laughs> it's like wow. why
15: does every everybody says I sound nasally? Everybody does. That's my voice. No. What that's do I what do I do about it? Well, that's, nothing.
4: that's nothing. That's nothing. That is uniquely you. People told Luke Bryan his voice was a little too different too. And you know what? He made a huge career out of it. Yeah, oh. Um, Willie
11: Nelson, the most nasally guy out there.
4: Blue. eyes crying. <laughs> Killing it. <laughs> oh, yes. yes. Okay. Abby, I thought it was anything you wanna to say to Lunchbox's comments.
15: Yes, you don't always have to be can you just accept, like finally accept that it is okay. That it's that it's decent.
4: No,
7: I just said auto-tune, can, it, it makes it, it sound better. It wasn't auto-tuned, by the way. It wasn't auto-tuned. No, okay. there was Did some reverb. that? Yes. I, heard I mean, it. that was like a new person. It was like a robot singing.
15: <laughs> no, that's how I sound when I'm not like nervous. When I'm just in my own. When head. she was
8: able to record, there's a lot of artists. where live, they get a little shaky, but recorded, they mm-hmm. like kill it and it's awesome. And obviously, you get the perfect cut. And you should. You want it? It's the national anthem. When and-
4: Whitney Houston sang it, it was recorded. Yeah. It's the Super Bowl. It was recorded. Mm-hmm. And they just lip synced to Don't it. Don't compare Whitney Houston <laughs> to every, <Sure>. ever again. <laughs> ever again. <laughs> well, this like big news <laughs> from Dave Parker. <laughs> Our program director, US 1061, Norfolk, Virginia, he is featuring, he's mm. playing it. Abby did a great job. Oh, thank you.
15: Oh, Dave, you're awesome. Dave, Thanks thank so much. you for
4: coming on the show with us, and thank mm-hmm. you for featuring Abby. Absolutely, and great job, Abby.
15: Wait, when does it play for the first time? Oh, boy. When's I'm it going to play? It, uh,
14: I'm going to burn it in the system today. I'll put it on the air on Thursday.
4: <gasps> Thursday! Let's go! Yay! All right, all right. All right, Dave, thank have you. a good day, buddy.
0: All right, see you. All right, see you later. It's the Best Bits of the Week with Morgan Number 2.
1: Jimmy Allen stopped by the show this week, and he had so much to talk about. I mean, we heard about how he got discovered, his home life, and just everything. Jimmy is so fun to hear from. He tells stories really well, so make sure when you listen to this right now or go watch the video at bobbybones.com because... When he laughs, it'll make you laugh, and it's a good way to start your Saturday.
0: Number three. Go. On the Bobby Bones Show now. Jimmy Allen. I went over to your social
4: media just to see what was going on, at least to know like the last thing you were up to, because mm-hmm. maybe that would be interesting. And I type in your name, and the first thing that pops up in this, this question here, it says, no, well, it says people ask, how did Jimmy Allen get famous? Yeah. That's like the most asked question. If I were to ask you that question, how did you get famous?
12: Well, first, I would say I'm not famous. (laughs) But two, I would say uh, hard work, honestly, and people give me an opportunity. But if they're talking about my start, I got discovered playing a writer's round at Puckett's grocery store in Franklin. A writer's round where you get up and and play songs that you wrote? Yeah, it was it's like where they have <clears throat> for people listening, you know, you have two or three or four songwriters or artists on stage and you just take turns singing songs you wrote. And I got discovered in Franklin, Tennessee by a guy named Ash Bowers, that's my manager now.
4: So did he go looking for you, or did he go and find
12: you accidentally? He actually found me accidentally, because I actually only played because um, someone canceled. And then he was actually playing, because Ash was about it too, because someone canceled. So we just happened to be there at the same time. So I called out of both my jobs, and I was like, well, I at least get $200 and a free meal and get to play music, so win. And then I actually met Ash, and he signed me two weeks later. So your manager
4: now was also playing. Being on the same show as you, mm-hmm. which people may not know, he was I mean,
12: like a legit artist. Yeah, Ash was 10, a. 10, 15 years Yeah, ago. Ash, Ash, Ash was an artist and you know songwriter, and he actually wrote Freedom Was a Highway, my new single with me, me, him, and Matt Rogers. So your manager's also writing with you? Yeah, I made I, it. I don't know, it sounds incestual, man, Because <laughs> I like, I, you know, Ash is one of the most, what I loved about him. T- choosing him for him to be my manager is because he used to be an artist. So he knows what an artist needs, and he's a hustler, dude. Like He's a, he's a redhead, you know? He's a, he's a shark. He's a hustler. And he's a great songwriter. So I said, let's write. And then we wrote it, and yeah. Will you explain to our audience
4: what exactly a manager does? Because I think it gets lost on people in the industry. We
12: know what a manager does. Mm-hmm. But what would you say your manager does for you that makes it so important? I would say your manager is... Someone that one gives you advice, but he's your spokesperson. You know, he's the person that makes phone calls for you to try to set up deals. He's the in between between you and a label, between you and your booking agency, between you and a show, between you and, um, He's a person that speaks on your behalf. Uh, he, he he works hard for you, uh, or she works hard for you. I used to act like my own manager before I had one. I created a fake email. It was like, hey, I'm calling on behalf of my artist. Because <laughs> people take it more serious when you have representation. And that's what it is. Representation. That's your manager.
4: Okay, so can you then explain what an agent, and the difference in an agent and
12: a manager? Yeah, a booking agent, if we're talking booking agent, he's the person that, or she's the person that contacts... Uh, show bookers and venues to book you shows. Then you have an acting agent. They're the ones that try to get you movie roles and commercial roles and TV roles and stuff. And the difference between a manager and an agent is? Um, I would say the difference between a manager and an agent is the agent works directly with the venue that you're going to play at. Your manager works with the agent to make sure everything is taken care of by the venue. I would say the difference is 5%.
3: Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> and in some cases, 10%. In some
4: cases, more. <laughs> or 15%. is true. That is true. Uh, how did you get Brad Paisley on the song? Was that a call or a text, or did you have your agent or manager do that?
12: Uh, well, I um, was at Brad's house one day after the opera. He texted me. It was like, hey... Um, come to my house after the Opry because Darius is coming over. Tim's coming, uh, as in Tim McGraw and, and Bill Shatner. At first, I didn't know who Bill Shatner was. I said, Who's Bill Shatner? And Then my friend's like William Shatner. I said, "Oh, the Unsolved Mystery guy. The dude used to scare me before I went to bed at night." Got it. So we go there. I don't Wait, think no, he, no, he's no, no. He's not <laughs> <laughs> Unsolved Mysteries. He that was, was Mysteries? Rescue 911, I think. Yeah, Man, yeah. just alike.
4: <laughs> yeah, Robert Stack. <laughs> yes, they're both old white men. Dude, yes, they look yes, just yeah. like <laughs> to me. Is that racist? <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't think so. They were they were doing similar shows. <laughs>
8: <laughs> but yeah, That's you're, crazy. yeah, it's still like a mysterious yes. show it in a way, just like suspenseful music.
12: Got it. Yeah, we. Well, yeah, yeah. I still have no idea who Willie Shatner is, what? but in anyway. Star Trek, <laughs> I know who that guy yeah, is. Yeah, there you you cool. go, yeah, <laughs> I'm old enough to know Star Trek. Um, but we're there, and me, Darius, and Tim, and Brad were just going around in circles playing new songs. I play for him as a highway. And he starts like <laughs> picking on it. So I called him in next week and said, Hey, I'm going to do a collaboration album. Um, you want to do this song with me? He was like, Yeah, sure. And he he hopped on it and. That was it? Yeah. You called with your own voice and asked him with his own voice?
4: Mm-hmm. I'd be so scared of rejection.
12: Oh my God, they can say, I've been rejected so much, bro. You kind of get used to it. Come on, we you <laughs> all know what rejection feels like. But I feel like each no brings you closer to you, yes. They can't say no forever because I keep bugging you to these. Uh, uh, yeah. They can, and they have to me. So let's <laughs> leave that there. What's your Starbucks drink there in your hand? Uh, it's, uh, white chocolate mocha, no whip with, uh, almond milk.
4: Do you order it yourself or are you like me where you have an order that sounds delicate and, and you're, you don't want to order it cause you don't. Maybe you want them to think
12: that you like a delicate <laughs>
8: You well, think white chocolate I, I wear delicate. skinny yeah. leather.
12: I wear skinny leather pants, so I'm not really worried okay. about being delicate. So, but today, my day-to-day manager picked it up for me. But normally, I'll call Starbucks while I'm laying in bed. I'll like uh, Uber Eats it or Postmate it. That way, as soon as I get up and stretch, it's at the front door. And it's the best.
4: On your Uber Eats, though, is, it, is your name and picture up there? Hmm? Mm-mm. Just my name. But does it say Jimmy Allen? No, nah, just my legal name. I didn't know Jimmy Allen wasn't your real name. Oh, no, it's James. I know that, yeah. but Allen, is that your real name? Yeah, well? Allen, Yep. Yeah. Okay, I guess James yeah. Allen would have put me on Jimmy James Big Edward. James Edward Allen. James Edwards,
12: James Edwards, Allen the third.
4: Well, yeah. mine is Bobby Bones and my headshot. And I'm just begging <laughs> when someone pulls up. They're like, hey, man, is that you? They're and I'm saying, like, like, "I'm like, hey, oh, man, I'll stop bothering no me. No yeah, pictures. No yeah. pictures. <laughs> they're like, no, no, your, your I Your makeup needed... person just left. <laughs> you're ready. <laughs> hey, what's up with uh, Neon Union? Because I've been seeing them on your yeah. Instagram.
12: Um, so I signed Neon Union. What does that mean you signed um, them? So first we signed them to a production deal. Me and my buddy Aaron Bemmer, which we Blue County, and John Marks. And um, mm-hmm. then we signed them to a management deal. And there, this duo, Andrew, actually met him on the elevator in Nashville, and he was like, dude, Jimmy, I love your music, Huge fan, I'm playing Whiskey Jam if you want to come out. I said, dude, I'm going to come. Went and heard him sing. Dude's great singer. He's like a 6'5 version of Luke Combs. I actually have him say to my phone under Luke Combs. And then Leo, the black dude, the old country boy, he used to play bass when he was 16 for Lauren Hill, but the past nine years, he's been Pitbull's bass player. So I met him through Pitbull. He was like, I got this dude, this country artist, I don't know what to do with him. So I said... Instead of trying to take them both solo, why don't we put them together? Because duos and country music is wide open right now. you know. So we just got them their first record deal. Um, I think their first single's going out in April. They're going on tour with me this year. So, man, my biggest thing, I've always just wanted to use my platform to give other artists the opportunity that Ash gave me. So... Did you ever think of trying to do a duo or be in a band when you moved to Nashville? Was it always yeah. being a solo artist? I used to be in a band. Um, I was solo when I first moved here. Then I was then I was in a band called Mercury Lane. Then I was in a band called Color of London. My guitar player slash keyboard player I just brought on. We actually used to be in Color of London together. Um, you know, we had a couple label offers, but they wanted me to like change and not be who I am, and I'm too stubborn. To change. I am, I am. Uh, so then we ended up breaking up because he didn't want to tour no more for a while and uh, ended up just doing a solo thing. I love bands.
4: You know, on your Instagram, a lot of family up there. You just mm. had another baby. What's What's been the biggest difference in another kid? Is it different? Some people say, hey, just adding another one. Once man, you have a couple, it's nah, all the same. Bro.
12: Once you go from two to three, you go from playing man to man to zone coverage because you're outnumbered, you know? Uh huh. But it's. The difference is trying to make sure the third child feels as much love while not giving a third child more love and attention than you give the other two um, balance. But it's not really hard. You know, I mean, I look at it like if you love them, whatever you love, you make work and you make time for. So that's what me and Alexis are doing. And she's the best, by the way. My wife's amazing. I do not deserve her at all. Why do you think she picked you then? Huh? Because I have this struggle, too. This (laughs) is the same question. Bro, I have no idea. Mm -hmm. And the thing was, like, somebody one time was, like, in my comments, like, I... I'm the type of artist that if someone comes in my comments talking crazy, I'm coming back at you. Like, don't think just because I'm a singer, I'm not going to say what I want to say back to you. So somebody said, well, she's only with you for the money. So I looked at the dude. I said, well, first of all, if you think she's with me for the money, she'd never be with you. Um, (laughs) Two, she's not because she had her own money. Like, her parents are loaded. You know what I mean? Um, But she's from the same small town as me. Um, For us, we don't get too wrapped up in the whole – like, I'm in the music industry. I could care less about it you know what I mean most of my friends that I hang out with are just normal people you know they're you know electricians they're school teachers they work at a gym um, but she's a real person um, you know she loves me she loves my family I love her family and she reminds me of home because I can talk about things from our small town in Delaware that only she would understand and when I got married I told myself I wanted to marry someone that can appreciate the things that I find important, and she could. And it doesn't hurt that she looks good.
4: <laughs> that doesn't hurt. <laughs> that doesn't hurt. <laughs> so your your town, what's it called again? Milton.
12: What is Milton like? If I were to go to Milton today, what do mm-hmm. I see? Well, now at Milton, you see we got a grocery store. Uh, there's a bunch of soybean fields around, chicken plants, farms. Um, speed limit's twenty five all the way through. Uh, how many? We got um. We got a lot of traffic lights now. But Milton, you know, it's just a little small town, man. Literally everybody knows everybody. Uh, average person there got about eight, nine teeth, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, small town living, but it's good, man. I, I go home in Delaware a lot, you know. I enjoy going home to Delaware fishing all day and then going to the Moose Lodge at night. You can get drunk and full on $8.75. So it was a good day. It's just simple.
4: What was high school like for you?
12: High school was cool, man. I um I was in theater, but also played sports. So um and my girlfriend was a gothic chick, you know that wore like all black and stuff like that. But um high school to I me mean, was cool. I didn't really, I wasn't in one of the you know how to have the bubbles, the jocks, the gothic, the band, the ROTC kids. So I did it all. I did ROTC, did band, uh, played sports, did theater. Um, yeah, high school was fun, man. I really got to meet people, you know, different kinds of of, uh, of people. And that's what I loved about growing up where I did, to where, you know, I didn't know what being treated different was because of the color of your skin until I moved to the South. Because up there, it's just, it is what it is. Everybody fishes, everybody hunts, most people went to church, everybody listened to country, everybody listened to hip-hop, and everybody dated whoever you want to date. You know, um, and everybody just was taught to just you know love the person, and uh, yeah. So I thought it was my childhood was great, high school was great, college was great. Yeah. When you decided to move to Nashville, what was the? When did it hit you that you got to make the move? Like, what was the? What was? What was that day? Um, I was at my grandma's house, <clears throat> and I knew I wanted to get into music, and I knew I wanted to do. I knew country music was the place where I wanted to go. And I said, I can't do that from here. So I said, all right, let's leave. And I literally left the next morning. I went to Walmart, I packed that whole day, my little Malibu, went to Walmart, bought a, a, a blow-up bed, threw it in the back, packed my clothes, and said, Mom, I'm moving to Nashville. She said, when? I said, tomorrow. She said, okay, go down there, have fun, chase your dream, do what you want to do. And I packed up and left. I just hit a point where if you realize what you want to do in life, and you can't make it happen from where you are, just go. If you notice, whenever people make a set of timeline, I'm going to move this year. I'm going to do this. They never do it. So just up and go. And it was like, because I'm like, you can find a job anywhere until you get, Walmart's always hiring, Target's always hiring, Starbucks always hiring. You can always find a job. But I said I needed to be here in order to meet the people I need to meet to um, get to where I want to go. When you got here, where did you work as you were trying to make it? I was working at this old gym, it's torn down now. Uh, well, they closed it, it's called Prairie Life Fitness in Cool Springs. Uh, that's where I met T. Roy from Montgomery Gentry. That's where I met Aaron Benward. That's where I met uh, uh, Rodney Atkins, Joe Nichols, B.B. B. Winans. And I was serving these guys their protein shakes and uh, making them like sandwiches and stuff like that. So it was, it was cool. Did you ever
4: meet one of those guys and they were like, hey, like they gave you sage old advice?
12: Nah, they were all real cool. You know, they kept it 100. I remember when T-Roy first walked in, because my dad was a huge Montgomery Gentry fan, and T-Roy walked in. I was like, oh. That's T Roy, so I told the dude I was working. I said, yo, I'm about to take a break real quick, so I'll go in the in the little workout area. And T Roy's on the treadmill. So in my work in my work clothes, I get on the treadmill next to T Roy to start walking, right? <laughs> and then he gets up and goes to this bench press machine. I go on the bench press machine right next to him. I'm not even working out. I'm just laying down on it while he's lifting. So he sits up, say, hey, "What's up, man? What's your name?" I said, "Jimmy." I said, "Dude, huge fan. Love your music, bro." He said, "So what are you doing?" I said, "I work out there in the snack bar." He said, "Do you want to do music or something else?" I said, "I want to do country music." He Said, dude, here's my cell phone number. And T-Roy gave me his number. It was 2007, and we were friends from that day to the day he died. And he was just a cool dude. Like he just capital hundred, and that's what I appreciated about it. Who could bench press more at the, in their prime? You or him? Oh, in their prime, because I feel
4: like you're you're in your prime right now. But he,
12: yeah, I feel like his prime lasted a long time. So I don't know. He's a big guy. He is a big. He is a yeah. big dude. So t T-Roy would probably have to have that, but. My ego would probably tell me I could out bench press him, but I seen him bench press, so probably not. <laughs> I could definitely squat more than him. Though he had little legs, he skipped leg day a lot.
4: <laughs> uh, Jimmy, congratulations man on everything. You know, I, I feel like I'm always saying that to you. Nominated for a Grammy, went CMA. Thank you. It's just, uh, it's one thing after another. But the thing is, as much as it feels like it was overnight. I mean, it was the opposite of that, yeah. right? It's like congratulations on your overnight success that yeah. took you fifteen years <laughs> yeah, to get. Took
12: fifteen years. Yeah, man, it's been uh, it's been cool, you know, to see kind of how everything is coming together. And not for me, but people I, people don't realize how important your team are. Your team is um, because it takes uh, people that are willing to hustle and hear the word "know" a lot, but still keep going back. Um, you know, so shout out to my team for helping put me in places to be successful cuz that's what I think helped me this year um cuz 2021 when I did get the ACM and the CMA and the Grammy nomination we didn't have a number one at all we didn't even have a top 10 last year but my team put me in other places like whether it was like you know a mentor on On American Idol and performing there, whether it was Dance with the Stars, whether it was other game shows, other TV shows, Um, so to just continue to build the name uh, recognition. Because I tell you, it was not about me ever going pop, but it's about taking who I am and the music I make and embedding it into pop culture, Um, because that's where it's a it's a you have people that watch Dance with the Stars that don't listen to country music, so they don't. I'm like, how can they find me over here if they're over there? All right, I need to go over there. So shout out to my team for working hard to make that happen. I mean, seventh place, not not bad, I guess. Yeah. I mean, listen, you
4: did I fine. I mean, I wanted to win,
12: but then I was like, you know what? I'm going to let Bobby be Thank the one to bring the Nashville. I did Thank do you. some of the Dance with the Stars tour. Yeah. It was it was fun. Man. I did a little
4: bit of that, too. It was fun, yeah, it was dude. Fun. And you had the greatest Less partner. pressure, too. Oh, there was, yeah. I
12: Nobody's know. judging you. They're just happy to see you. Mm-hmm.
4: And again, Emma is just. This greatest. is cool, yeah, this man. Great. Well, congratulations Thank on you. everything. Uh at <coughs> Jimmy Allen, you guys want to follow him on Instagram and another big week with another massive song and you're playing our iHeart Country Festival yeah. uh, coming up in May. So, just another one of the massive artists playing the festival. Good to see you. I can see you too. See you soon. Yeah. There he is. Jimmy Allen everybody. Woo.
0: It's the best bits of the week with Morgan number 2.
1: The lace boxers situation went down on the show this week. You know, last week, I think it was, we spun the wheel. Somebody on the show had to try out the men's lace boxers, and they arrived in studio, and Eddie's been wearing them, and it's just been kind of uh, awkward. Uh, I would say John Tucker, if you've seen the movie John Tucker, kind of John Tucker situation (laughs) when it comes to Eddie and his uh, panties, because he likes to pull them out of his shorts and show everybody that he's wearing them. (laughs) Uh, and there's been a lot of those updates. Make sure you go watch, uh, the video where he got the lace boxers and how that all went down at bobbybones.com. But talking about all the lace boxers and we've got Valentine's day and all this stuff coming up. So, so Mike, is there any like life updates? You and your wife have almost been married a year or it's over a year. Are we almost had a year in okay. June. Okay. That's what, listen, my concept of time because of the <laughs> pandemic is gone. So almost a year in June. Is there any life updates with you guys? Anything new going on?
2: I think right now we're trying to find ways to enjoy the time before we have kids. I think we're realizing now, like, this is that moment to enjoy life as much as we can. So we're trying to be more deliberate about planning things this year. And we just kind of sat down to like be like, all right, we need to do some traveling.
1: Oh, yes. okay. So
2: I think that's kind of our next life step is just to enjoy this year. Like every year that we've had There's been a big life change from when she moved here, then we got married. And now this is like the year that we don't really have anything on the horizon yet before we try to, you know, try to find a house later, try to have kids. Like this is kind of our moment to be still relatively young and do things that when we do have kids and do have a totally different life. And we're like, man, we didn't take advantage of that time. So I think our, kind of whole process going into 2022 is like we need to enjoy things more and find ways to have fun
1: I've being very intentional about doing because it's hard
2: that. it's hard sometimes we we are both pretty introverted that on the weekends we could just stay home watch movies watch tv shows she reads a lot and we enjoy that like our weekends at home just hanging out It's fun to us, but sometimes we go back and realize like, you know, we should be doing other things too and going out and experiencing things. So it's finding that balance of having those moments that we are able to, you know, recharge and spend time together, but also going out and doing things.
1: Yeah. But that, that whole, the feel after a really long week, and it doesn't even have to be a really long week. It just can be a week of work. Mm -hmm. When that Friday hits and you're like, I don't have to do anything. It is so easy to sit on your couch the entire weekend, eat some food, maybe order out, maybe go out to eat. It is really easy to do that. And then before you know it, the weekend's already over. Yeah. <laughs> That's a very real thing that I think I, I I never figured out what happened in my adult life. I was like, oh, I'm always going to be going, doing stuff on the weekends. And now I'm like, no, I'm tired. Yeah. I want to sleep. It's
2: like I turned 25, <laughs> got tired, and never got untired.
1: <laughs> it's like perpetually tired all the time. Yeah. I mean, I, where where do you guys plan or hope to go when you travel potentially this year?
2: We're trying to visit. She has uh, friends that one just has a new job that took her to Los Angeles.
1: Oh, fun. Okay. So a
2: trip to LA. And then she has another friend who is a doctor in New York that we want to go visit. Nice. So. Both different coasts are so far on her list. And then she wants to do like a more beachy Mm -hmm. destination, which I don't love the beach.
1: You don't love... Do you like mountains better?
2: I like mountains better. I like cities better. But for some reason, when it comes to the beach, it's hard for me to unwind there. Like I can't just go sit on a beach and like read a book.
1: So you need some activities. Yeah,
2: I feel like I I can't just go to a place where I'm just hanging out. Like I like to go like see museums go see like some landmarks go on some kind of tour i just don't like to go chill somewhere
1: i do feel like though you would love you would love the beach if you did more activities maybe you need to go jet skiing and maybe you need to like uh i don't there's so many activities you could do at the beach so maybe if you do that you have to plan you can surf learn to do some like sporting activities that maybe you haven't done before that's true have you tried that? Have you explored that when you went to a beach before?
2: No. Yeah. I never feel like there's any surfing at any of the beaches I've gone to. Oh,
1: yeah. You could totally figure it out. Okay. Yeah. I mean, if you go to California, yes, for sure. There's a lot of surfing out there. I, I haven't seen much surfing in Florida. I've seen a lot of wakeboarding. Yeah. Um, And the, what is it when they go off the boat? Uh, the parasailing? Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. Um, Jet skiing, though. Jet skiing's always fun. Gets a lot of energy out. Um, And then there's, yeah. I would say I would say those are a lot of activities you could do on the beach. You can play volleyball on the beach. You can oh. play the, what's the, the kick game? They play S- uh, spike ball. Spike ball, yeah. Yeah, That's some things. I yeah. don't know. And, and maybe your wife wants to just chill there, so you're like, I don't really have anybody to do that. Yeah,
2: it would be her wanting to chill at the beach, <laughs> hanging out, reading a book, and then me going on doing my things. I mean, I like going for runs on the beach, but that's not fun.
1: Yeah, that, that, that's a physical... <laughs> that's a whole different thing. That, that's not like you're smiling there having a good time. Yeah. Like, but yeah, I I get that. So when you go to like mountains or like a city, you're more getting to explore and go out and do some things and kind of keep your mind busy.
2: Yeah, I like going for hikes, mm-hmm. just finding like a creek, some kind of body of water out there to go.
1: Maybe your best your best situation in that is Hawaii.
2: Oh, I've been there. I love Hawaii. I
1: mean, because you can hike in Hawaii. There's beaches. Yeah. You can go surfing. I mean, you can do activities or you could lay on the beach. There's a lot to explore in the city. I feel like maybe. Yeah. If I remember correctly. Yeah. Yeah.
2: The hard part about Hawaii is the the time it takes. That's a good travel day.
1: That's fair. That's very fair. (laughs) Okay. Maybe not. Maybe not Hawaii. But I feel like that could be a great option for y'all. But yeah, that makes sense. That's a that's a struggle too, especially with you guys are are being on opposite sides of things of wanting to explore different scenarios. But have you ever been to the beach with your wife? Yes. Okay. We
2: have before, and then we're also in Costa Rica together, Mm -hmm. and there was we went to the beach a couple times, but it wasn't. I don't know. That's where I found that I struggled to enjoy (laughs) it. She loved it, but I was like, okay.
1: So maybe her beach vacations will be with some girlfriends and (laughs) you need to go on like a guy's trip to the city or something. (laughs) But those are fun. You guys have both been to New York and LA before. So is that like just more getting to visit the friends?
2: Yeah. Getting to visit friends and kind of doing things that we haven't done yet together. Like we've never been to Times Square together. So.
1: Changing some things up.
2: Changing some things up.
1: And you guys went to Scottsdale for your honeymoon, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you're you're exploring all over. You're trying to go all over the place. Yeah.
2: I think our other one is probably going to like Seattle, which is also Mm -hmm. a far travel day. Like I have a, well, I don't like beaches. I am fascinated with like going to like watch orcas. Yeah. Like I want to go like on a tour like that to go see them. I know you can go somewhere out in Seattle.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. Because you're you're in that, (laughs) don't geography troll me. That ocean right there, that is also where Alaska is, because mm-hmm. you can go to Alaska and see a, a crap ton of whales and, and all kinds of different critters out there. Critters. Wow, I sound like <laughs> my dad. Um, but yeah, I would imagine Seattle is the same if you're on that coastline, because yeah. it's right, it's right in that whole that whole ocean, whatever it is up there. <laughs> <laughs> Not even gonna try it. Uh, but maybe you guys go and explore the orca situation for you, the beach situation for her. Now, since you guys have different scene there. You know, when it comes to, we were talking about this a little bit, when it comes to like TV movies, do you guys also have difference in things you like there?
2: Yeah, I think we like the complete opposite (laughs) stuff, especially when it comes to movies. So we kind of have like a one-for-one system to where one week I'll pick the movie, next week she'll pick the movie because we'll want to watch completely different things every time. And
1: when you guys watch each other's things, does it make you like it a little bit more or are you just like, nah, I'm just tolerating this?
2: I feel like it's tolerant. <laughs> Sometimes she ends up liking something that I'll show her. Because I, right now I'm very into like indie Oscar type movies right now oh, that okay. she particularly wouldn't be into. But every now and then she'd be like, oh, that was actually pretty good. And then she's more into like rom-coms, stuff that you really don't have to think about when you watch. And occasionally I'll get into it and, and enjoy it. But I feel like it's a little bit of us tolerating each other's picks, <laughs> but it's just a way for us to spend time together.
1: Yeah, that's it well. Not being, it's not an official love language, but I do feel like that's a love language for you, is watching movies together. Yeah, because as much as you love movies, that that has to probably be a big part of what you like to do.
2: Yeah, definitely. And I'll drag her out to things that she probably <laughs> wouldn't want to see if she wasn't with me. And then I try, there's some stuff she just won't watch. Like horror movies, she won't do it. Like I'll have to watch those on my own. <laughs> she won't I, even give those a chance.
1: I don't think it's a bad thing to have both, right? You have both scenarios. One where you do stuff together and you watch it. And other times mm-hmm. where you're like, no, nah, this is my thing. And yeah. maybe horror movies are just your thing.
2: Yeah. But when it comes to TV shows, we're usually at least have one show that we watch together all the way through. And there's some stuff that we're like, I know you're not going to like this at all. And I want something that I can just watch on my own. So we'll have our own separate shows, but we always have, like, one thing we watch together.
1: Yes. I do. I would say my boyfriend and I are similar to you guys in that, except he works so much into the evening that most of the time I just get to watch whatever I want, and it's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. But he loves anime. I do not like. It's not my thing. Um, I like animation movies, but not anime. Yeah. Which are very different. I've learned. <laughs> I try to watch things. that are very different. Yeah, um, And... But most of the time he'll come in and I'll be watching something and he'll pick up watching it like right away and he'll just like know what's going on. And I'm like, that's not how this
3: works.
1: (laughs) But he does it regardless, though. There is one TV show we have been watching together recently that we both love. And I'm obsessed with because I do love Star Wars ever ever since I watched it. But it's the book of Boba Fett. Mm -hmm. Have you been watching that? I haven't. Oh, my gosh. Like it started off pretty slow. And now I think there's maybe one episode left. And I am like, I watched um, the episode from this week and I was freaking out. Did you watch The Mandalorian?
2: Yes, I love you The You have to watch this then. I just haven't given it a chance yet.
1: Mike, you have to watch it. <laughs> I, I cannot give anything away to you because I will. You have to watch it.
2: Yeah, it's crazy I haven't watched it yet because of how much I love The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. I'm not the biggest Star Wars fan. I do really enjoy it. I liked the last movies. Mm-hmm. like The last trilogy, people didn't like them. Oh, I'm with you. I loved I lo- them. I love those. So, I yeah, I just haven't watched it yet.
1: Okay, I'm telling you, because you loved The Mandalorian, Mandalorian and this TV show are making me become huge Star Wars fans. Mm-hmm. Like, I liked them. When I watched them, I was like, these are good. Like, cool, I'll rewatch them sometimes, whatever. Not like Marvel, not as much as I'm into that. But I'm telling you, Mandalorian and the Book of Boba Fett are masterpieces of TV shows. And you will thank me after you watch it.
2: All right, it's on the list now.
1: Mm-hmm. Because especially because you love Mandalorian, I'm just saying it connects a lot of things. <laughs> That's it. That's all I'll say. Okay. <laughs> without giving you anything, and and it tells more of a story of Star Wars too. My my boyfriend is he 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 loves comics, so that was his thing. Uh, not as much anymore, but when he was a kid, he he read all the the comics. So he's always explaining things to me, especially like the I just finished watching. Daredevil, Luke Cage. Mm-hmm. Um I, I did not you too, watch Jessica Jones. I did not watch Jessica Jones or Punisher. You know why? They're too dark for me.
2: Oh dang, those are like my favorite ones. I
1: know, and they're his favorite too. But I do feel like I got a little taste of Punisher and Daredevil. And so I was like, okay, I know who he is. I'm I am i am at least aware of him now. Watching Daredevil, like I could not binge. I could not binge to save my life. I watched one episode and I'm like, I can't do it anymore. <laughs> so like it took me a while to get through that. And so he'll like explain bits and pieces from things of the comic books that like kind of tie things together for all of it. DC, uh, Marvel, everything. So he's always constantly explaining things, and he's very knowledgeable in all of those things. I'll be sitting there like, "This is so good!" And he's like, "Do you know who that is?" I'm like, "No," but I love it, and I'm I'm here for it. So. Um, those have been our things and we'll always go and see all the new Marvel movies together like the the night they come out that's Mm -hmm. like our thing but besides that we really don't watch most things together also because he's a terrible binge washer, He can watch it in the middle of anything and not know what's going on but he'll still watch it. (laughs) So it it just doesn't work out that way. What's the the TV show that you guys have been binging together lately?
2: We, We just caught up on Euphoria on HBO. Okay. And we watched probably the whole first season in like a week. It's a show that we really enjoy, but would not recommend.
1: Okay, there's interesting. A,
2: there's a lot of heavy subjects in it from like drug use, a lot of nudity, violence, but it's so polarizing that we just couldn't help but watch episode after episode.
1: Was it like you're watching it and you're like shocked it was on TV kind of thing? Yeah,
2: I think that's kind of what the show went for of like, we got to create something that is so bold that people are going to be drawn to it just by that. But there's actually like a really good story underneath all that. Like it could almost do without the really big elaborate points they try to make and the stuff they show. I'm more interested in the characters that I think are really well done in the show. (laughs) But I think if you just watched it and didn't enjoy that or found that stuff offensive or just hard to watch, you probably couldn't look look through that to enjoy the show.
1: Okay, I mean, I've been seeing people talk about it like crazy. Yeah,
2: that's so, why I wanted to start it because yeah. I, I once the second season premiered, I saw all the TikToks, I saw all the memes, and I was like, "Well, I got to at least see what it's about." And within the first episode, you realize what it's about, mm-hmm. and you will realize in that first episode if it's the show for you or not.
1: Yeah, and I and I do. I've I mean, I think it was Zendaya who even made a statement that was like, "Hey, this show isn't for everybody." I think that was her that did that. Yeah, because um, she's in it, but. Uh, I ha- I've I seen both I've seen people be like why is this on TV others where it's like this is the best show I've ever seen
2: yeah it's kind of like if you took Degrassi and made it R rated maybe even higher than R rated
1: and aren't they like they're in high school so yeah. even weirder that it's kind of R rated situation yeah
2: and they're all high school kids
1: yeah Mm-hmm. I, I get that vibe. I didn't I didn't go into it for that reason.
2: Because <laughs> I'm watching this and I'm like, how this is must be like a really hard show just to write.
1: Mm-hmm. Because
2: it's like, they're all high school kids and it's dealing with some very heavy things. Some very, very like, dark vulgar. things. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh man. But you don't recommend. No. Really good. Maybe explore it, but don't recommend.
2: I wouldn't say go watch it. everybody. No, it's not a show for everybody. <laughs> but if... From that description, if you're like, oh, well, I would like that. And yes, it's a great show. Mm-hmm. Other than that, probably not.
1: I think it's so crazy. It doesn't really happen. Uh, I guess I shouldn't say it doesn't really happen because it has. I think it's crazy to watch in the last few years how a show can become, so, or a, a movie, a show or a movie can become so wildly popular mm-hmm. that wasn't even anticipated. Right? Like Encanto. Mm-hmm. Great Disney movie. They always do really well, right? Nobody expected the soundtrack to do that. I, can, I yeah. can guarantee that. But just like Euphoria, they didn't make that show with the intention that it was going to go viral and become a pop culture moment. I think what's so crazy is that's been happening a lot recently in the last few years. Where these things have exploded on social media. And it's become this thing that every, because when something explodes on social media, then everybody wants to watch it. Mm-hmm. And you ha- probably before that had no plan to watch it.
2: Yeah, then you just had to see what it's all about. Yeah,
1: because everybody's talking about it or it becomes viral on TikTok and all you're hearing is all the, the soundtracks or the video clips. You're like, what is happening? Yeah,
2: it's the only reason I watched yes. that show.
1: Isn't that so crazy that I feel like that's something new that's happened in the last few years? And maybe thanks to TikTok. I don't know.
2: Yeah, especially with Kanto yeah, too. Like, that was, I was like, it's a good. Disney movie, mm-hmm. but then it goes up on Disney Plus. More people see it, and then everybody loves the soundtrack.
1: Yeah, well, I was gonna say I watched it on Disney Plus, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, because it's a cute movie, cool. Like, uh, yeah, that, that's great. But then, in like three days later, it, everybody's singing about it on TikTok, and I was like, okay, was it? Did I miss something? Was it like that good that I just like missed the point? Yeah, it, it blew up.
2: Especially because after watching that movie, I didn't think. We don't talk about Bruno was the best song. Like that wasn't my favorite song. No. But yeah. But now I can't one. get it out of
1: my head. Yeah. Now as soon as somebody starts singing, I'm like, I know that whole song. And I never I'm I'm hitting the mic now. <laughs> I never would have imagined that would have happened when I first watched it. But I think it's really cool for these actors that are doing these things because you could be on anything. Before it was like you almost had to be an A-list actor or be a part of like a massive franchise to become famous, right? And now you could do a small show that nobody even knows about. And if it goes viral, you're on stardom track, right? Like, just like Queen's Gambit. Mm-hmm. Great example of that. That happened with her. Um, and now she's getting cast in everything. I think it's we're, like, seeing, like, this kind of shift change happen. Do you feel that way at all?
2: Yeah. I, I feel like there's just so much more now. Yeah. And... We see a whole lot of it, and we like and I think also in our job, we see it so much in social media. We're so in tune to that mm-hmm. that we realize when things go viral and they feel so big and massive, Maybe sometimes they don't translate like to everybody like mm-hmm. we like we feel they do because we have like this kind of scope on everything. Yeah, but yeah, it's been there's been some big moments
1: well, because before, like I just as a kid, like, right, I got into Twilight. I got into Hunger Games because, like everybody was reading the books, right? But there wasn't a place to, like, go and talk about it, really. Like, there is social media now to go and, like, recreate it or Mm -hmm. share your favorite clips from it. I just think that whole level of TikTok has changed the game in so many ways. Social media, for sure, yes. But, like, also with movies and TV shows. You just, like... You never know. You could be on something and the next day you could become a, of a massive pop culture moment.
2: I think my favorite thing along those same lines is like things coming back mm-hmm. of like older songs, older random scenes from TV shows and movies. You take a sound from it and it's on TikTok and yeah. everybody's like, oh, and like they go, the
1: resurgence. Yeah. And they yeah. go back
2: to like somebody from the 2000s is famous again mm-hmm. and selling this song again because people have used it in that way.
1: Yep. I mean, like TikTok has changed our lives. In so many ways, yeah. And I and when I sit with it, and I think about it, I'm like, this is kind of messed up because <laughs> <laughs> it's not probably a good thing for us. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's been a thing. So, well, don't recommend you watching uh, <laughs> Euphoria, <laughs> yeah. according to Mike. Uh, but there was one other thing too I wanted to talk to you about too. So, uh, my boyfriend and I have been having this debate, right? Um, so he, I have a panic button next to my bed, right? Love it. It's great. All I have to do is hit it if I hear something and like the whole system goes crazy, scares something away, whatever it is. We're talking like
2: a legit panic button.
1: Yeah. Like, like my system, my alarm system that I have in the house has the panic button.
2: Interesting. So like
1: know. if I hit it, the whole alarm thing like goes off and then the cops come. So it's there. If I'm like locked up in my room and I hear something, I can just hit it. Right. And mm-hmm. and hopefully the, the sound is what deters an intruder. That's, that's always been my little protection. That's what I've I've used. Right. My boyfriend comes into my life and he's like well, and, and I'm like, there's no guns. I'm not doing this. I'm not dealing with the gun situation because I don't feel like I can sleep, <laughs> especially because like that would totally get turned back on me. I've always felt that way. And I'm like, I could be OK with like a baseball bat or something. I don't know. And he he trains like massively in jujitsu. I'm like, you could take somebody down very easily. He's like, yes, but if they have a weapon, I, what do you want me to do? So we had this this whole debate because he got an axe for Christmas because he goes camping and stuff all the time.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And he's like, so I can like keep it next to bed. I'm like, no, that's not happening. So he he instead has put it in the room next door, which still doesn't make me feel great. <laughs> but do you have you and your wife ever had this like kind of debate about what should be near the bed if an intruder were to happen?
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's kind of a thing that happened over the break. I had never shot a gun before, but I went. We were in Texas, and then I went out with her dad, and he shot me. He showed me how to shoot a gun, and ever since then, it was like always oh, like, "Well, do we need to keep a gun in the house?" <laughs> like, "Well, I know how to shoot one now." We haven't bought one yet, but we've been thinking about it.
1: Okay, but that that sounds like a we've been collectively. So you guys both feel that way. Yeah.
2: Okay. I'm just having something just in case but I've leaned more towards like having a baseball bat or right now I have a random golf club in my, <laughs> yeah. in my car.
1: It's like the weapons of Clue. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <on different things. laughs>
1: so well, it sounds like you guys are in agreement though. I, have you like either one of you ever been like, oh, I don't know, that doesn't feel like we should have that by the bed. Probably me. Okay.
2: Because I don't know. I've always felt like having something around. It's always just felt intimidating to me. I don't feel like, you know,
1: it's like this It's like this extra layer, like, you almost don't feel safe in case, like, tragedy happens, right? Like, what happens if the gun goes off? Or what happens if somebody hits something? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I, I automatically think of the worst case of thing to happen. Same. So, I, so do you, like, think that when this whole, like, kind of conversation of having a gun by the bed comes up, and you're like, mm, should we?
2: I think so, more so because I see, like, news stories of, like, people... Thinking there's somebody in the house and it's a family member, yeah. like that's where my mind goes. Like worst case scenario, like something bad like that happening. I think that's what's kept me away from even wanting one in the house.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, and, and, and because like what happens if that's the the situation? Do you guys have? Actually, I'm not going to ask you that because maybe you do, maybe you don't. I'm not going to say because <laughs> then the, then it's out there. But that's why I always like the the security system panic button because nobody gets hurt. Mm-hmm. It's allowed. You know, we've we've said the sounds deter in, intruders right because they can't have a bearing on what's happening so i'm like i feel like we're we're covered but well, he doesn't. He wants to have an ex by the bed, an ex, an axe by the bed.
2: That's hardcore. That's like having to go after someone.
1: Yeah. Well, he's like, I got to be like prepared. I got, you want me to protect you guys? Like, I'm like, I, yes, but you, you have jujitsu training. Just use that. And he's like, I would if that's what I can do, but I don't know that that's what I could do. Like, what happens if they come in here with a gun? I'm like, I don't know. So there has been this whole debate in my house about what we should do. So for now, it's sitting in the other bedroom.
2: I would say the other way we've learned to be more prepared is having like flashlights
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Uh, like we now have like a backup thing like a battery in case we like lose power Yep. we've gotten ever since we've had like tornado scares here whenever the ice thing happened in texas and we realized all our family there didn't have power Mm -hmm. we were like all right if something ever like that happens we're very prepared for that now
1: you have do you have like a little area where you got flashlights some food or what what do you have set up
2: like right by the bed I have like this flashlight that's like super bright so if we lose power it can light up like an entire room. We have before we had to get rid of it but she had like a fire escape ladder. <laughs> like her grandpa has like all of this stuff in case of like worst case scenarios. He's yeah. very much about that. He's wanting us to get like a weather radio right now. Mm-hmm. He's the one who got us the battery pack for Christmas. <laughs> He's like hey, if you ever need charge you, you have be this prepared. here. We have like flashlights all over the house. So mm-hmm. if anything goes out, we can see, and then we're working on getting some other stuff just to have backup.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and too, I would say it, it's crazy. Cause in, in Kansas, because of tornadoes and stuff, we would have downstairs in the basement, which we really don't have basements here in Tennessee, at least not a lot of them. Um, but in the basement you would have everything set up because it's tucked away. We'd have like a storage room. We'd have like food. We'd have all of our blankets and stuff that we'd need in case of a, a scenario But, like, in my house now, I don't have a basement area like that. So I have, like, my preparedness stuff sitting in my pantry because we have to go in my pantry in (laughs) case something happens. So when people walk in, like, my food pantry, they see, like, all these, like, zombie apocalypse items. And they're like, why is this in your pantry? (laughs) So definitely definitely different uh, scenario here in Kansas, here in Tennessee versus in Kansas. Because we were always prepared for it. You At least, like, you being prepared for a tornado prepared you for anything else because... That's definitely a worst-case scenario, right? But, yeah, not having basements here really <laughs> changed <Yeah>. the game. <laughs> but I'm glad you guys have flashlights and a battery pack now. Yeah. That's pretty legit. I mean, that's like moving up the scale of preparedness. <laughs> I love it. Oh, man. Well, right, right now you guys can hear the situation of the lace boxers, the spinning wheel, you know, all of that went down and how Eddie is handling it.
0: Number two. About an
4: hour and a half ago, Eddie was given his lacy underwear. hmm You haven't put them on yet? No, not yet. Well, during this break, you need to go put them on. Already? (laughs) Yes. Why? We need to hear them on you. Hear them? How are you going to do that? You're going to walk back in the room, (laughs) close, with them on.
8: Okay. Well, they're not going to make noise.
4: No, but we need to hear him talk about the experience. (laughs) so dumb. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Eddie lost a wheel spin. This might be the dumbest one we've ever done. And then these these lacy men panties came in. They're marketing (laughs) to men now. So Eddie has to wear them for three days. So you need to go to the bathroom. Right now? Yeah. Okay. Do your thing Put them on. <laughs> I don't need to do my thing. You I do. just put them on. Put them on and then come back and we want to hear all about it. Cool. So awesome, man. Cool. We don't have to go right now. What if they're
8: the most comfortable thing you've ever worn? They won't
11: be. Have you seen them?
4: What they will you, not be. What
8: if it t- changes your whole vibe and you come in more confident, feeling good?
11: That's true. We'll see. That's
3: true.
4: What are your thoughts on them?
11: They're, they're ugly and, and they're lacy and they're like... I mean, they're girly.
8: They're not that bad.
11: Like, I, I've never worn lacy things, so it's going to feel weird. And they're big. Eddie, go put on the panties. Okay. <laughs> they're not panties. <laughs> they are. No, man. They're, they're, panties for they're actually days. boxer briefs. Oh, you're a panty okay, wearer. Okay,
8: lacy briefs. Yeah.
11: Can, can oh, you can put them on in two minutes? Or Yes, Bones. I can put them on in 30 seconds. Yes.
4: But you have to pull your pants off. I get it. Okay. I know how to put on underwear. Don't come in with underwear over your pants. I will not. Okay. I need to be touching... Touching wow. what? Yeah, you're touching. Okay. Eddie did a wardrobe. Eddie did a Reba McIntyre wardrobe change during that. He Fast. ran out, came in with his underwear he was wearing, holding it up, which is gross. It what like, do you mean? Gross. Put them away. This whole thing is gross. What's it feel BTW. like? What's it feel like?
11: Honestly, dude, I don't. I don't feel anything. <laughs> it feels like I'm going commando. Now, now, now they're shorter than I thought. Like you know, I'm used to boxer briefs going down a little bit down my thigh. These do not. These go
4: all the way up. Do you feel lacy? I don't feel it. Do you feel sexy? A little bit. Yeah. See? Like, like it feels like I'm Lunchbox not wearing... Lunchbox and I start wearing them now.
11: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Eddie is He's smiling ear us. to
7: ear. Like, he is enjoying this. Like, this is the best thing that's ever happened to him. It's just
11: weird because it feels like I'm wearing nothing. Mm-hmm. And I've never had that feeling before. Very interesting. You're smiling. <laughs> I mean, he <laughs> like is like a... Like a I, right yeah, he okay. is. Hold on. It's weird. weird. Right
15: now. I
0: It's the best bits of the week Show! with Morgan number 2
1: kane brown was on the show this week and he came on and had lots to share some stories from high school and of course we talked about the whole pregnancy secret and that was really fun to hear how he and his wife decided why they decided to keep it a secret and how they kept it a secret the whole time so i know we've all been dying to hear how that all went down so you can listen to that right now
0: number one the friday morning conversation with kane brown kane how are you buddy I'm great, man. How are you? Are you still
16: feeling the Georgia victory, the national championship? I am. It's so crazy because I forget that we won. And then somebody tells us about it. I'm like, oh, yeah, we won the national championship.
4: What were you doing the night of the game? I was there. Oh, you went. See, I'm so jealous because Arkansas hasn't won in my lifetime. Georgia hadn't won in yours. You you got to go and experience it. Now, part of me would have been, boy, if I go to this and they lose, it's going to be miserable
16: coming home. That's how I felt. I, took, I made sure I took one Georgia buddy, and then I took two Alabama fans. Why did you take Alabama fans? I felt like because they were either going to need to hold each other or I was going to need to hold somebody. Um, I was hoping it was them.
4: That's pretty cool. So after the game, because you're famous, do you get to do cool things with the team or do you get to go into the locker room or anything? What did
16: you do after the championship? I'm not Quavo, man. I get so jealous of him. He's always down there. But – uh No, so we, what we had to do um, was go to the elevator and wait for 30 to 45 minutes. And I was, you would never think that I was so popular until I had to stand in front of an elevator for 45 minutes (laughs) and everybody and their mom knew me, even the security was like, can I get a picture? And I'm like, you're supposed to be helping me. (laughs) Securing. Yes, yes. Getting the elevator up here. And all I'm thinking about is my wife's going to kill me, all these pictures, there was no masks. And I'm just like, whatever.
4: Was it one of the greatest? Like, obviously, let's remove marriage and the two children. Okay, mm-hmm. let's take that out of my next question. Okay. Greatest night of your life?
16: Oh, yeah. Yeah, dude, it was it was crazy because it was, I was up here and I was way down here. Yeah. And I was up and I was, it was just ups and downs. And uh, my buddy Tristan, he's the biggest dogs fan. And it was his birthday and I took him. And he literally started crying when we won. And every time we do a touchdown, I try to give him a high five. He would just bring me in for a hug. <laughs> and uh, it
4: brings people together.
16: Yeah. And then we had so our suite was basically a bunch of Alabama fans. Suite next to us was drunk Georgia fans. And so we were just high fiving over there. I remember this one Alabama fan behind me. He was like, "We're eating." And then we scored a touchdown. So I stood up and looked at him. I was like, "We're eating." And it was just—I was getting, so I was about to fight somebody. It was, it was crazy. I
4: would imagine for most of the game because I watched it obviously, Alabama was really going to win that thing for most of the game. I imagine it was a pretty rough game to sit through, but but also at the end just so euphoric because you just won a championship.
16: Yeah, it was it was scary. My security guard's Alabama fan, so I had to take him. And the SEC championship, I fired him at one point. <laughs> Uh <laughs> <laughs> for those that don't know, Alabama beat Georgia in the
4: SEC championship. Right. And then yeah. so were you a big athlete in high school? Yeah, kinda. What'd you play?
16: Football, basketball, baseball, and track.
4: Did you go to a small school that allowed you to do all of that, or, you, or did you go to a pretty big school and you just um, did it all because you were good? Well,
16: I went I moved high school six times. Um so each high school I went to, my first ones when I did all those, when I moved, uh I played baseball and basketball.
4: What was your best sport? Like what were you the now what you love the most? But what were you the best at?
16: I'd say baseball.
4: What did you love most?
16: Um, basketball.
4: Do you still try to get out when you tour and play basketball at all?
16: Yeah, that's why we're we're doing the um, the NBA arenas. So because of COVID protocols, not all gyms will let you in, but most of them like have been letting us go and shoot and stuff like that. Has been cool. Can you still play a little bit? Um, what's crazy is uh, another reason I, I heard y'all talking to Granger the other day. Um. So when, I, when I've been playing basketball, I've noticed my knees would start to hurt. Uh-huh. And then I'd walk upstairs and my knees would be hurting. I was like, this ain't right. <laughs> um, so now that I'm actually, you know, starting to kind of get back in shape, I'm interested to see how I'd be in an actual game now.
4: Would you play any of those celebrity, uh, you know, uh, basketball games that are on that are on TV? Because there's some risk there. Because
16: yeah, if you well, suck, everybody's going to have clips. I played, uh, was it two years ago? I played... Um, And I didn't, you know, me, I'm like the quiet guy. So I just sat on the bench. I didn't realize that you had to put yourself in the game.
4: Oh, you're kidding.
16: Oh, no. So, like, everybody (laughs) that was on the bench was like, I'm going in. I'm going in. I'm sitting here waiting for coach. I'm like, come on, coach. Put me in. (laughs) And and, uh, so the WNBA player was actually, she looked at me. She's like, have you played? And I'm like, nah, I'm just chilling. She was like, you're coming in with me. So I was like, okay. And then after the game when i got to play the last two minutes the coach was like you're defensive ace it's like you should have put me in bro
4: do you ever play with any of the guys here in town matt stell plays a lot that's a beast he's a beast he he yes he's big he's the only and he's also He has challenge guard skills one-on-one.
16: yeah well he um we played the other day it was funny because i me and matt's never really hung out and uh we we were going to play basketball and I'm, I'm playing. I was like, man, I haven't played in so long. I'm going to be terrible. Everybody's like, no, you'll be good. Well, anyway, there's this dude there that's like six seven. I didn't put two to two together. And uh, the ball is coming off the rim. And all I hear somebody say is, no, Matt, no. And he just puts it back, like just a put-back dunk. <laughs> and then still didn't hit me. And I left. And I was like, Everybody told me Matt was good and he played college ball. And I was like, was that Matt Stale? So I messaged him. He was like, yeah, bro, that was me. And well, I was like, gotcha.
4: The equalizer <laughs> with Matt, because Matt will come over to the house and play. We have a um, a court at the house. Is that we, no dunks. And then we stop playing actual game. We Now we play only shooting games. Now I can beat him. <laughs> we eliminated the dunks yeah. and then we don't play where he can post up. Now I'm actually competitive. Yeah, he's definitely got post moves. Kane Brown is with us in studio right now. The song you and Chris Young did, I mean, that thing went number one and it just stayed. I mean, what a massive song Famous Friends was. It was amazing. I mean, kind of unexpected, and you can't really predict that for any song, because not only was it a big song, like, it just hung up there, and it's still getting played all the time.
16: Yeah, that song, um, whenever Chris sent me that, I immediately fell in love with it because I'm such a big Chris Young fan. And that reminded me of him whenever I was starting to learn his songs and do covers. So I told him off the bat, I was like, dude, this is a huge song. And then when he asked me to do it with him, I was like, of course. And um, of course, I leaked it to my fans. And then then I, I was like, yes, this definitely needs to be the next single. And then he ended up asking Sony and they said, yeah, so. It's been great for us.
4: Yeah, it's been one of the. Will you play that at your shows? Yes,
16: yeah, so I usually. That's when I, I bring like um, if athletes come that night or um, anybody that you know. I usually bring them out. It's usually mascots. Uh, it's so like it's, a like a
4: literal mascot in a you know, like a.
16: Yeah, so we're doing the NBA arena. So usually, like the the NBA uh, mascot or the. Uh, like the hockey mascot of the arena, like they'll come out and then Chase Rice is on tour with us right now in Restless Road, so they'll come out with us and I have a t-shirt gun and I'm just like shooting t-shirts and stuff and that's my favorite part. Is the uh, t-shirt gun? Oh yeah. <laughs> if
4: you shoot someone close range though, you could really hurt them. Those things are Chase strong. Chase
16: shot him in the chest. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like out there.
4: Uh, I want to ask about the new baby because I did see that you guys, it, you kept it secret. Mm-hmm. How long, did you have that planned before you guys... Uh, before she got pregnant or was that hey i'm pregnant let's not tell anybody
16: no i think she was uh she was already like four months pregnant and then um we were like when are we gonna announce it and she was like i kind of want to just keep it a secret because last time i'm not you know bashing anybody but last time uh i sent a picture to my older brother and he put it on social media before we announced it so everybody already knew about it and it was kind of upsetting. So we were like, we're just going to... And our engagement, when I you know, asked her to marry me, we did a video, just a regular video in the car, and people saw the ring on her finger. So they, our fans announced that we were engaged. So it was like, we want this, to to say that we're having our baby on our own terms. Uh, so
4: Were you having to be strategic about pictures, videos, making it, sure nobody got a picture, stuff like crazy, that? It was
16: crazy, man. I, I had to stay off social media because people were sending us stuff, so we had like bags that said Cody on it, um, you know, new bassinets that that Kingsley's too big for. And, um, like, we would do videos. We'd have to see what's in the background um, to make sure. You know, it was was insane. So I was like, I'm just not going to post. And then we would go out in public. She'd wear baggy clothes, but if you got close to her, you could kind of tell she had a belly. So if I saw a fan that I knew was going to recognize me, I would like stand on that side of her, and I would have her pushing the stroller just to do whatever I could to like block her shoulder. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean.
4: How's uh, so, uh, how's the second kid? What's the difference in one and two with your day to day life?
16: Oh, the difference in my babies is um, one's way darker than the other. So that sounds. Oh, weird. you're talking <laughs>
4: physically. <laughs>
16: <laughs> no, that's that's one of my favorite things. Is like being biracial. My uh, Kingsley's like looks just like Kate almost, and the other baby's, like my complexion but her face is darker than mine it's crazy but it's cool i think they're going to end up turning out to look like each other but anyway it's been it's been awesome having two kids i've been on the road um, so my wife will be able to answer that question more than me because she has both of them but luckily she has her mom there to help her and then we of course have a night nurse um but it's been crazy it's uh, i got the bond with it really for the first time yesterday can um, you
4: go out you talk about you know going places and and even kind of covering for your wife at times, but can you go out and people not swarm you?
16: Yeah. I mean, I feel like, um,
4: can you have dinner? Can you just go, we're going to go to dinner and not have 20 people come up to the table?
16: Yeah. Um, most of the time, especially in Nashville, I feel like Nashville people are really good about it and I can't say no to them, but they're sweet about it. Um, but if you go out of town, that's when it kind of gets crazy. And then we'll usually just say, "If you wait till we're done eating, I'll take a picture with everybody in here." I don't like to. I don't. I don't like to be the the person that somebody looks up to that leaves the building saying he's he's an ass. I don't know if I can say that, but he's that. Um, because I've had I've had that happen to me before, so I try to make everybody happy.
4: What are the shoes you have on there? I don't recognize those. Uh, Patrick Mahomes. Oh uh, guy Are you guys a friends? Yeah. Yeah. How'd you guys hang out? Uh,
16: man i don't i don't remember uh when or how we we ended up linking up but he uh he came out to our show and when we were out in kansas city um and then he's just been sending me stuff he sent me his you know his oakley's and his shoes and stuff like that these these are my favorite ones he sent um if you want them they're at i can ask him or they're at uh Green Hills Mall, Foot Locker. <laughs> foot locker. <laughs>
4: yeah. Well, listen, man, we always love when you come by. Are you playing uh, Madden at all? Or are you just playing Call of Duty? I just 2K? started
16: playing Madden recently, uh, just after the college football championship.
4: Are you, are you going to have enough time to invest into getting good at Madden? Or are you spending all of your your time playing Call of Duty?
16: Um, so I only play Call of Duty if I'm at home because the PC uh, I can't use controller. Oh, you
4: you won't use the the game console. mm mm In in a TV for Call of Duty? No. You have to be that good. You can't even get on there and be a little slower.
16: No. No. Well, field of view. Do you play Call of Duty? Yeah, but I don't play on. You play on console? Yeah. If you play on my PC, you see what I mean? So, like, if you're, um, (laughs) say, it's you know, it's first person shooter. So, if this is your field of view on console, this is my field of view on PC. You can see deeper? Yeah. So, like, you could only, like, from where I'm sitting, I could see y'all. But if I'm on PC, I can see this whole room. Oh. So if somebody's over here mm. on, behind a door, I can see them. So like a lot of people that play with me, they're on console. I'm like, they're two your right, two your right, and then they'll die. And I'm like, you suck. And they're like, <laughs> I could see him you know, Oh so great! I'll be told I suck. <laughs> a so lot. why can't yeah. they?
8: Why can't they make the console have the same?
16: That's what a lot of the FOV. players are saying. A lot of FOV,
4: you know. Yeah. Kane, love when you come by. You crushed Thanks it. For having me, man. Um, thank you for coming. Guys, good to see you guys again too. It's like you have to have a beard to hang out with Kane now. Look at this. It's <laughs> like it's like a, a, a wrestling trio. Uh good to see you guys, and we'll see you soon, Kane. Thank you. Yes, guys. sir.
16: Thank you, buddy.
1: It's
0: the best bits of the week. Show. With Morgan number two.
1: All right, that's it. I mean, Mike, we typed, tig- we typed. We typed. We talked forever. <laughs> and I love it because the mic that doesn't talk, talks forever. We have a long podcast today. That's fun. I feel I feel pretty proud of this. We got a therapy <laughs> session. We got some laughs out. We talked about some food. I mean, everything. And definitely some TV shows and movies, which you talk about every Monday. Mm-hmm. Tell the people where they can hear that.
2: You can listen to Movie Mike's movie podcast every week. I have a movie topic that I explore. I'll do a spoiler-free movie review. And then I also look at trailers of new movies. Yeah. So I'll keep you in the know.
1: That's really great. And sometimes you have interviews with people. Sometimes your wife comes on.
2: Yeah, we talk about movies. Yep,
1: all the things. So make sure you guys check that out. And what's your social media for people to follow you?
2: At Mike Distro, D-E-E-S-T-R-O on everything.
1: Yes, all the things. It Keep it nice and simple for me.
2: Yep. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I am at Web Girl Morgan, all the things. Trying to post more videos for y'all and do more things. But, you know, also trying to have a life. It's very hard. That's a hard thing to do. It's very hard thing to do. I'm also
2: like, I've set a goal of making like one TikTok video a week.
1: Oh, yes, a week. Listen, I'm on like once a day, (laughs) but I can't manage
2: that. I'm trying to do one a week because I I don't know. I tried to do more than that at one point and I get kind of tired and burnt out about it. So I was Mm -hmm. like, if the goal is just one a week for my own personal one, sometimes some weeks I'll do two, maybe some weeks I do three. But as long as I can do one... That is kind of my goal.
1: Yeah, may, you know what? Maybe I need to go on your goal <laughs> because right now I'm like, I do not have the the creative capacity to even come up with ideas at this point. It's
2: hard to do the show, do mm-hmm. this podcast, do video. Yeah. It's Listen,
1: okay. I have a random note section in my phone of random ideas I've come up with that are like half ideas. Like I gotta finish them. I just haven't gotten through <laughs> finishing them. So, yeah, that's fun. So, uh, at Web Girl Morgan on all the things, at Mike Distro on all the things, and thanks for hanging out with me for a little bit. Thanks
2: for letting me hang out. I'm
1: sorry. It was so long, and we're also (laughs) in the very hot room of our studio, like the hottest one that's here, I think. Um, But, yeah, thanks, guys. It was so fun to sit here and talk with Mike about all of our favorite things and even a little bit of therapy for me. That was a change of pace. (laughs) So, bye, y'all.
6: Bobby Bones. The Bobby Bones
2: Joke.